Thanks for joining us again, Jared. Special guest, Brandon. Mm. How are you, mate? Doing well. Thanks for having uh, no, me, guys. No problem whatsoever. We promised this before because we did a, uh, a very short sort of our basic thoughts on the new Scream film. So today's episode is going to be a full breakdown of it. Spoiler heavy. Spoiler heavy, yes, yes, it will be full of spoilers. So uh, if you haven't seen the film, just wait. Yeah, hold off. Hold off on this. All right, look, let's uh, let's skip the skip the rubbish. Or do you want to do a quick whip round? I don't yeah. know, mate. What have you been? What have <laughs> you been into? Well, I, I've watched uh, several of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Okay. On Good. review. Good. I'm going to say this straight up. Part three is the best one by far. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with I, that. Yeah, I think yeah. that Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I, I, I actually was always sort of a big fan of the first one, but watching them again, like the first one is fantastic, no doubt about it, and it sets the the, the mythology and and sets up Freddy as he is. But part three kind of pushes everything forward, mm. finds a way to make him scary, but also kind of straddles that line between the MTV stuff they came that came after. Yeah. And yeah. all the kills and stuff are all connected to who they are and what they do. It's the one that uses the whole dream situation the best. I yeah. Think. And the acting's better. Fuck Larry Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> Future Oscar winner. What the <laughs> yeah. Second, maybe only to the remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's only hairs in that. Yeah, there's only hairs in that. Oh, oh remake. gosh. Fuck, I've done shits better than that. <laughs> Honestly, the remakes are a disaster. Yeah, not great. Yeah. Very few movies I, I actively hate. Yes, <laughs> yeah, correct. That's one of them. So, yeah. yeah, part two, still good for a laugh. Yeah, part two, is, I, I mentioned to you, I think it's one of my favourites to watch now because of the whole backstory. And Clue Gulliger and the fucking exploding bird seed just makes me laugh every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and the fact that all he needs is to kick up the ass. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> That's all he needs. That'll fix it. Yeah, definitely an entry that's more fun, I think, to revisit now, knowing the subtext yeah. and everything kind of underneath uh, it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I mean, my wife hated it. <laughs> I was just like, I think, you, I think you're looking at it the wrong way. But and part four is just... I think part four is trying to be part three, like almost a, a repeat of part three. Mm. Yeah, it goes off the rails a touch. Everything just too overlit. <laughs> I mean, Freddy's just fucking one. Is that the one by yeah, Rennie yeah, Harlan, yeah. right? I mean, at that stage, Rennie okay, hadn't fucking... Okay. His mandate wasn't to blow everything up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Rennie's never been known... Well, yeah, he hadn't hit his peak with Deep yeah. Blue Sea. <laughs> He's never been known as this, you know, the, the subtlety and the light touches. And <laughs> no, no, no. no. Reddy was fucking full ball, mate. Yeah. If you're going to get a light, get the fucking biggest light you can find. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably his. Yeah, uh, well, mandate. fuck, that would come to pass with Cutthroat Island where he sent the memo saying if <laughs> we don't just burn it, we fucking burn it to the ground. <laughs> if we blow it up, it's the biggest explosion we've ever seen and all this sort of shit. <laughs> ah, fuck. And part five, which I was hoping was better than I thought it was, it's kind of shit too. Mm. It has, <laughs> has some better parts to it, I think, than part four and definitely part six. Fuck. I'm in for a rough ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. Like, I know that's that's probably one of your least favourite films uh, of all time. Talk about actively hate. 
shit. <laughs> um, and then I've got the remake fucking punch yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so oh could be a rough so rough you, re- time. you got the shit sandwich you got new nightmare in the middle but you got the, yeah you got six in the replay <laughs> and set. my brother recently said new nightmare was a fucking design <laughs> oh, no i don't know what he was watching but <laughs> I, I remember thinking it was okay so maybe i need to go what, and have another look yeah I remember what's your take that on that one brandon like new nightmare do you do you rate yeah, I, I actually enjoy New Nightmare. I think that's honestly where Wes kind of got the bug for the meta and really started to delve into those sort of interesting concepts that he'd further elaborate on mm. in Scream. Not as good as Scream, in my opinion. And I don't quite like the look of Freddy in that one, from mm-hmm. what I understand, or from what I can remember, because he's got this weird, like, pink look <laughs> yeah. going on. Uh, and he's got five-finger gloves. But yeah, a lot of fun bits. glove, and it's like Robotic. coming out of the hand. It's like bone or something. Like, yeah, yep. that was a bit weird. Yeah, fuck. Come on, let's not go there. I like his coat though, full length coat. He was looked like he was auditioning for. A, oh yeah, the duster, yeah, rocking the like duster. He was auditioning for the role of Angel or something in a couple of those scenes. So. He wasn't in the. What was the fucking um, type of j- coat that Costanza was selling? Was <laughs> 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 it one of them? Was it the executive? Yeah, might have got it on the cheap. <laughs> Uh, and I, I also watched a documentary on about the Orlando Magic yeah, coming about. Um, really, really um, interesting. I yeah. actually enjoyed that a lot. Pretty good. You know what I kind of liked about Shaq, looking back on him? Um, other than the fact that he was fucking ripping down backboards and shit like that that yeah, I really yeah, thought yeah. was awesome. But although he was such a, um, yeah, he was a winner, mm. you know, a bloke who fucking busted his ring to win, but he also had a real kind of playful sort of, yeah, he didn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. Whereas your yeah, MJs and that, I mean, they were fucking, they were so wound so tight. <laughs> you know? MJ was a fucking coiled spring, mate. Didn't, <laughs> much, didn't take much to, yeah, yeah, to, to fire him up. But, you know, this is what I love about this era of, and, you know, it's just a little bit of a tangent, but this is what I love about this era of sports reporting and the access you've got. For years, I was like, oh, Shaq just fucking walked out on the magic. But then when you, when you go back to something like this, you know, you're like, um, he actually gave them every opportunity, and they fucked it up yeah, badly. Yeah. I mean, who comes in and lowballs Shaq when you got the chance to yeah, wrap yeah. him up for his uh, for seven yeah, years? Seven or years, yeah. Fucking disaster. <laughs> Very good doco though. And then, unfortunately, I had the displeasure of watching a Robert De Niro movie called The War with Grandpa. Grandpa. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. oh no! I've, oh. Come, I've, I've passed it, Robert. Doing? <laughs> it was actually made in 2017 and not released till 2020. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, like... if there's any year that can handle that movie, <laughs> it's 2020. Yeah, they saw it. They saw it on the shelf and thought, "Fuck!" No, people will watch this. No, what matter what? <laughs> yeah, put it on streaming. Yep. De Niro, fuck, he's just debasing himself. So is, <laughs> so is Christopher Walken, so is Cheech Marin. These people are just making a fucking dick of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they doing this? I, well, Did De Niro have a tough divorce or was that Pacino? One of them. Oh, De Niro had a tough divorce. <laughs> so he's got bills to pay. <laughs> oh, mate, but you know what? Yes, yeah. I'd rather live on the street. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad they haven't hit the Bruce Willis fake movie factory or whatever happened. Yeah. Whatever's happening with him. He's got a new movie out every goddamn week, and I've never heard of it. I don't understand. He must have showed up for five minutes. Yeah, uh, no, we, had a, we had a conversation about Bruce the other day. Mate, if you want to retire, just fucking retire. <laughs> just do it, buddy. Money. We're all behind you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> put a term deposit on or something, Bruce. If you need a bit of cash, like you got enough to. Bruce, to work sell with a it. fucking house. <laughs> You'll be fine. Like 
the rest of us haven't got the luxuries of that. I can't yeah. sell my home to <laughs> finance my fucking lifestyle, but he's I'm sure this, Bruce could. He's in this strange situation where it's, I, I can't work out why he's doing this because he, he looks like he doesn't want to be doing it, but he doesn't yeah. have a reason like a Nick Cage or whatever that he's got to take every role. Unless Bruce is keeping it on, on the download and he's doing <laughs> this shit with the IRS. Bruce has got a gambling sure. problem we don't know about or something. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Or there's some sort of Illuminati conspiracy <laughs> where he's forced to do this or he'll die. Yeah, I don't know. He's a secret Scientologist. And they, oh, they've got oh, him yeah, the that gun. could be it. That yeah. could be it, yeah. But he's making absolute trash, isn't he? Yeah, terrible, <laughs> terrible. I mean, I caught another uh, trailer that he dropped. As you said, Brandon, he's dropping one every day. <laughs> a different movie every day. Him and Frank Grillo seem to be hanging out. Yeah, oh, yes. Grillo. Yep. Grillo is in Cosmic Sin with him. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you think they're fucking both in the ship with the IRS? Yeah, I don't know. There's something going on there. Some sort of covert operation to have them pay back their massive tax no, bills. At the end of it, like when they finally became no longer superstars, the fucking Hollywood cashed in the clause that says you got to make movies until you're fucking 80. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't get to retire, mate. Because Grillo seemed to be in a good place. Did he? <laughs> yeah. oh, but, I mean, and he'll- in- in terms of the roles he was getting, he'd finally got movies that were, you know, they're, they're fronted by Grillo. He's in this position where, okay, they're not the best movies, but something like Boss, boss, <laughs> boss level, level. That's where yep. you want to be, isn't it? You want to be fronting a movie. No, you want to be in Cosmic Sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to he be in is, Cosmic He is at least minutes. in studio movies. He's at yes, least yeah. in movies that were produced by, you know, studios, not some guy with a shack or <laughs> a warehouse that they're shooting these things out of. I don't, I don't get it, but he keeps making them. Do you think Bruce has been kidnapped? <laughs> he's just, that's yeah, genuine, maybe it is, yeah. Maybe he's kidnapped. He just gets a different wardrobe. They shoot a different yeah. movie every week. Yeah. He's, he's in some dingy fucking basement somewhere and they keep changing the sets. It's like a real-life pain and game situation where Bruce yeah. is being kidnapped by a couple of fucking average filmmakers. <laughs> And they keep changing their names. Oh, okay, one minute yeah, it's exactly. Michael Wilson, the next minute it's fucking you know, Sam Jones. He directed this one. Yeah, yeah look, Bruce, retire. Uh, yep. Retire, yeah, yes. definitely retire. And that was it for me. I mean, so I'm still trying to scrub my fucking mind of the war with Grandpa because De Niro <laughs> drops Trow a couple of times too. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think that's when you know you've hit rock bottom. Unless you're in a Bruce Willis picture, yeah. you've hit rock bottom because you've, you've dropped trousers in a fucking kid's movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, of course, Rob Riggle's in there fucking screaming every time he sees him with no pants on. I mean, oh, oh. Even he's got better like things to do. Absolutely, yeah. He's got episodes of Holy <laughs> Molly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. All right, Brandon, you got anything that you, you'd like to throw our way? That you've seen? Well, I uh, I did have the chance to uh, see a searing uh, portrayal of a, a very popular sports uh, coach. I don't know if you guys have uh, caught up on Kevin James and Home Team yet <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, please tell me it's worth a viewing. But yes, because I've yeah, seen he it. Plays Sean Payton, who in name only, really, because they really play this character off as like a, a put upon the guy who's just down on his luck. Uh, I wish he would have spent more time with his kid back in the day and kind of kind of just gloss over the entire scandal of it all. But uh, so yeah, this, is a true st- this is a true story. This is. Yeah. Based on a true what? story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He goes back to coach his 
his son's like sixth grade middle school football team and hijinks ensue. We got we got Rob Schneider in there as uh, his his ex wife's <laughs> new beau. And, and uh, of course, Rob Schneider. Head off? <laughs> it's PG, so uh, they really bummer. toned down the shit with it, which is which is real, yeah, real bummer. Although they still get a puke scene in, they do win a game by just puking uh, on the other kids. So. Shit, that might even, go well for me. Even uh, Robbie Schneider's current form it would probably be fucking cut Biden's head off or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's gone right off the edge. Isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Is yeah, he yeah. a flat Earth guy or something? Is Possibly, he? I don't or know. a fucking anti vaxxer yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in that. He's <laughs> in that fucking camp. I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's huddled up with Dean Kane. <laughs> Imagine a movie with those three in it. I I'm fucking on. immediately going out for that. Yeah. Um, Brandon, what was the scandal? Because I don't know the oh, scandal the, the here. scandal. Yeah, his, uh, Sean Payton, I guess, was the coach for the New Orleans Saints back in the day. It was, it was like 2012, I think, is when this happened or something. And. He was paying or allegedly him and his coaching staff were paying other players to take other players like opposing players out on the field by knocking them out something fierce. Uh, And so it was called Bounty Gate, I remember. And it was basically him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But again, they just sort of play it off. He never admits or there's no admission of guilt in the movie because it's a Happy Madison production. They just for some reason, I don't know why this wasn't a movie about any old coach who just goes back to teach his kids football team like you know yeah. bad news bears uh hmm. any of these type of movies Paul Bart but, yeah yeah it seems oh, like God. a strange combination right <laughs> yeah it seems a very to... very oh. strange combination does he look anything Definitely. like the bloke not at all not really. <laughs> no i mean i yeah i can assume they really wanted to pull something you know oscar worthy off here fell <laughs> <laughs> a bit short yeah <laughs> I, I hear true a true story and I hear Rob Schneider I think what? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think to myself, when I saw it I just assumed it was like fucking here comes the boom or one of those fucking stupid movies. Oh, yeah. So I just nope, assumed this one comes this grace comes with, with a the base on of- a True story, yeah. A label there. But yeah, Jesus. not not great. And the only other one I did catch up on this last week was one that I had started, I don't know, years ago, but never finished. And with the new Jackass coming out, I figured, you know what? I might as well force myself to finish Action Point. Did you guys ever catch? I've seen seen it out there. Was that about that fucking park? (laughs) It is. Yeah, it's about that park, but sort of played for like nostalgia and laughs. Like, remember when we used to get the shit kicked out of us? (laughs) parks? But yeah, was it also not great? Johnny, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I love the Jackass movies. I'll watch those till I die. But uh, yeah, whenever he tries to put on a character, I, I just I don't know. I love you. Like bad grandpa. Sure. Him as like a doting, loving father. I, I don't know. Yeah, he's, 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 he hasn't got a lot of range. <laughs> no, I mean, not quite yet. Yeah. Him- I mean, that was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that movie. Oh my yeah. god, Johnny! Jesus, you should be ashamed of yourself. Although he played a similar character in Jutsu Passion, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> oh. uh, um, resume. I love the Jackass films. I don't know why. And fuck, that bloke has been kicked in the nuts more times than. Yeah. I don't know how he's, he's still a walking up, miracle. Right? Yeah, yeah. As, <laughs> As I Steve, said, you, and Steve O, fuck, I, he's, I, he's got I, no right to be alive. I stumbled across one of his <laughs> Facebook clips the other day, the little post he puts out on Facebook, and he's talking about the celebrities he's met, and then he, he mentions he's met Sophie Turner, and then they cut to a 
um, clip of him at the premiere of the movie with Sophie Turner and it's Sophie Turner kicking him in the nuts. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's where you go to. <laughs> well, you know, that, that's his fucking uh, bread and butter on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kicked in the balls. Yep. Yeah, I I will definitely be seeing Jackass forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe but not. But you can skip the... action point. I can skip action point? Oh, oh we watched, <laughs> I watched that doco about that. Yeah. Yeah, arc. yeah I saw that one. Holy shit. <laughs> you know what? I was in one of those fucking things when I was in Europe. We were in Greece and we went to one of those parks. And I'm not joking. There were several of those fucking things. The same type of slide ride. There. Slide rides. They were exactly yeah. the same. One that did like a loop. And fucking when I came through the loop, I just went. <laughs> fucking head butted the bloody. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the yep, concussion makers. Yeah. Could yeah. knock me out. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, there's not much up there to damage. No, I know. So you were fine. You but I came flopping out the bottom like fucking birdie. <laughs> 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 So, fuck, obviously in Europe they're they're big fans of that sort of shit. (laughs) Yeah, not as many regulations to play (laughs) out in Europe. That sort of guy, yep, go ahead. All right, what about you, Jared? Oh, wow, yeah. So I I spent basically the entire time since our last episode on Tubi (laughs) (laughs) digging deep. Just just to let you know, Brandon, Tubi's a... I don't know if you've got Tubi where... In America? Yeah, yeah, Tubi's in America, yeah. Well, fuck, yeah, you would have... You'd know if you trolled through Tubi. Fucking hell. Yeah, I only hear I only hear people speak of this legend. Tubi, <laughs> yeah. Bruce uh, Willis's last the twenty movies yet. are on there. Yeah, well, that sounds about right. Yep. So over here, it's kind of filling what Shutter should be sort of doing. It's pulling out all these old things, like oh, okay, essentially half of Joe Bob's stuff. Well, actually, about ninety percent of Joe Bob's stuff on Australian Shutter doesn't have the movie, so. I've been going to Tubi and finding a ton of them. So I went through a couple of Joe Bob ones, a couple of bits and pieces, some full moon pictures. So basically I went to House on Sorority Row, which I quite enjoyed. Not as good. I actually, I think I like the remake a little better. I mean, look, when, you, when you're trying to hide a dead body and you drop it in the pool outside the house, <laughs> I'm not sure you've thought long term on that plan. That's, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> Who dropped this fucking body in the pool outside the house? That's, where you, that's where you have to go, oh, fuck, there's a dead body in the pool. What? <laughs> yeah, that's where when the police come around and you start pointing at the bloke next to you. It was him. Yeah. <laughs> I then jumped onto Ice Cream Man. I don't know why, but oh, it was there. Oh, gosh. I watched Clint it. Howard, right? Clint Howard, a Clint Howard vehicle. <laughs> oh shit! I think that's similar to a Frank Grillo film, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a step up, probably. But, um, yeah, look, interesting. I can see the cultish elements to it, but I didn't. I didn't think it was something that I would be going back to very often. And look, I was under the impression that Olivia Hussey was a respected actress. I've only seen her in that. Psycho 4, there was a couple of other ones that popped up and I'm just thinking, shit, how do you sort of, how do you develop that reputation when this is what you're turning up in? (laughs) Yeah, but in the 70s, (laughs) I think she was respected. Yeah. Blood Harvest was on there as well. You're not sure what Blood Harvest is. It's a pretty terrible little slasher that has the um, notable point of being Tiny Tim's only film role. (laughs) So... Ooh, t- Tiny Tim's in there as this clown 
He's a clown who's constantly singing, and he spends a lot of time by himself. And after watching Joe Bob, Joe Bob mentioned that they had to do that because he was fucking awful with other actors. <laughs> so he had to, they had to give him all these scenes by himself reciting prayers. So it was and worse with other actors. He was worse with other actors. What? I <laughs> so, I mean, surely you got something to work with. I mean, well, even I Tommy Wiseau found a bit more fucking touch when he had yeah, look, it was interesting enough, and Tiny Tim was kind of, I don't know, he was, I didn't think he was We're talking bad. about the tiptoe through the tulips, guys. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's tiptoeing through fucking something, and it's not, it's not tulips. It's he's fun. rampaging through his fucking performance like a rhino, not tiptoeing through anything. So, yeah. It was, you know, I wonder why he didn't get any more work. <laughs> Have a look at this, and you'll probably get your answers. But, um... <laughs> uh, full moon features. Tubi's got a lot of full moon features, so I finally watched Subspecies. <laughs> uh, couldn't recommend it highly. It was okay. It was okay, but, you know. Can I just say, and look, I've watched a lot of shit, Jared, so I'm, I'm prepared to take a little bit of back from you, but fuck you would watch a dong turn. Like, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, some, sometimes I might, depending, you know, who's in it. Um, but there's something about the full moon features. The I'll, other I'll day like, you told me your time was fucking precious. No, you told me your time was precious. <laughs> my time's not precious. Jesus, anyone can get my time pretty easily. <laughs> no, I think uh, there's something about the full moon features. It's just that kind of cheap renegade sort of style. I mean, every second full moon features takes place in the fucking castle that Charles Band owns. Like, you know, it, it's... Um, Subspecies, fucking castle, castle freak. Castle there's freak. There's a few of them that were shot in the castle that in his fucking holiday house, basically, or holiday castle. In Romania? I think it's Italy. Nah. But, yeah, Subspecies was shot in Romania. Well, I think it's because they could they could get easy access to all these fucking relics and <laughs> old cemeteries and shit, and no one cared. So, yeah, but I, look, I probably shouldn't spend too much more time with the full moon features, but Subspecies does have three more movies in the series, so I'll probably get to them at some point. I mean, are these things like, you know, not to be come across as a <laughs> scumbag or anything, but... These are the kind of tits and ass and gore, sort of. <laughs> I'm just asking. I feel less bad about bringing home team up earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck, that looks like an Oscar winner. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's this. I mean, you know, Joe Bob talks about when Roger Corman used to tell him, you know, you've got to have one woman derobe at about uh, halfway through the movie, then you've got to have another one at about three quarters of the way through the movie. <laughs> Look, Charles Band is from the same school of filmmaking, I think. Right. But there's not as much of that. Not not as much that I could see. I probably could do with a bit more, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he, he's more interested in the storyline, the narrative, <laughs> the character arcs. Yeah, he's more interested in uh, half-assed stories, <laughs> bad special effects. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you don't get me through the door with that. So, but it's like these ones in the nineties, the, the sort of late eighties to to late nineties full moon features. There's something there because now the now full moons are the ones that that are making like the ginger dead man and the evil bong. So I probably won't be watching the those. evil bong. Sounds like a ripper. Yeah. And lastly, I went through, uh, I'm working my way through Frank Hennenlotter's films because I hadn't, I hadn't seen him before and they're mentioned quite a lot on, on 
Shutter and Joe Bob and that sort of stuff. So brain damage, basket case one, two, and three. Tick them all off the list. Frankenhooker? Frankenhooker is the last one I've got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my list. I don't know if I can call it recommendations. Oh, no, it's just a list. It's a list. <laughs> It makes our opinions coming up here very valid. People should listen to it. Exactly. I've watched a roster of movies we watched. Yeah. Jesus. I can tell you right now, it's fucking, we're 25 minutes in and people have already turned off. And they'll be just be like, well, these fuckers know nothing. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Okay. So that's everything. That's everything. Okay. Right. Let's take a break. And here's the trailer for. Scream from 2022. This isn't funny, Amber. What do you like? so far. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Something about this one just feels different. Samantha? I'm... I know who you are. I've been through this. A lot. This is your life now, which means that whoever this is is going to keep coming for you. You ready? For this? Never. There are certain rules to surviving. The attacks were all on people related to the original killers. Whatever his link is to our past, it's pulled us all back here. And I won't sleep until he's in the ground. Scream from 2022. It's directed by Matt Beninelli Olpen and Tyler Gillette, who both did Ready or Not. It's produced by James Vanderbilt, who produced White House Down, Paul Nanstein, who produced Bed Rest, and William Chirac, who produced Suspiria. It's written by James Vanderbilt and Gary Busick, who wrote some episodes of Castle Rock. It stars Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, David Arquette as Dewey Riley, Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Jack Quaid as Richie Kirsch, Mickey Madison as Amber Freeman, and Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. The budget was $24 million, and the box office so far is $112 million worldwide. And as per the previous films, Roger L. Jackson is actually on the phone with the characters as Ghostface. 
All right. Brandon, as our guest, give us your thoughts and a score on the new Scream. Yeah, I got to say, I was pretty pleasantly surprised. And I think, above all else, it feels like a Scream movie. And that's what I was most worried about going into it without Wes. Uh, without Kevin Williamson, just worried that it wouldn't be able to capture any sort of tone or uh, consistency with those previous films. And we've talked about it earlier that like this is probably next to Halloween, my favorite horror franchise and evil died tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I gotta be honest though. I, I did have a, I, I had a blast for the most part there. I do have some problems with it. It's not a uh, perfect entry. It may not be my favorite sequel, but I'm sure we'll get into that later on with the rankings and whatnot. But I think for a legacy, a legacy requel or whatever this is self-proclaimed to be, I think it does what it needs to. I think it appeases, uh, it, it pleases fans and it can also serve as one of those new entries to people who are brand new to the series. And overall, I would say, uh, gosh, remind me, you guys do the, Five-star? What's, yeah, what's five your star. highest? All right. <clears throat> Out of four, I'm going to give it... I'd give it a 3.75. I'd give it just above, just below a four. I think there it room for improvement, and, I, and we'll get into that, I'm sure, later on here, but, but there was enough of this that I liked to get me excited about the franchise. <sighs> I'm sure we'll also get into this later on. Not sure where they'll go with it. And I'm not sure I'm quite excited about where they'll go with it. But if this was truly, I mean, and now actually us talking, this recently have been announced that there is going to be a sixth film. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Uh, I think this could have been a nice capper, knowing that there's going to be more after this kind of also influences my opinion. But I do think it was a solid reboot or requel or however you want to go about it. And yeah, a lot's to like here. I, I was, I, I, Gosh, I was just so worried going into it. I do remember just walking into that theater the first time, not having been excited for anything since really Halloween Kills. And yeah, I enjoyed Scream. I got to say, I enjoyed. Excellent. My take, I thought it was a, a really, really good sequel in the vein of Halloween 2018. You know, that kind of being able to kind of reboot the franchise and recapture what was really good about it previously. There's some, I love the mixture of the legacy characters and the new ones to, to freshen things up. And I think there are actually a number of nice little twists and plot involvements that are quite good and, and unexpected. I, I, like you, was a bit sort of, eh, I don't know what to expect here. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And you know what? Fucking David Arquette. This was, his, this was a fucking superb performance from him. His best uh, performance since Ready to Rumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. He, was, he was genuinely capital G good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. He, he almost like the anchor of this movie, yeah. which we'll get into much more as we talk. But there's one shit performance from my perspective, and there are some problems. But overall, I think the all the killer reveal and the finale and everything is is fantastic. And, you know, wait and see what, what we say when we re-look re at the and rank the series again. But I consider it very highly, put it that way. So I gave it three and a half. Jared? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with what, what both of you guys were saying. Um, as Brandon mentioned, Halloween Kills was the last kind of movie I had a bit of a buzz going into. 
and that's what it is these days. If there's a new Halloween, there's a new Scream, there's a new, hopefully in the near future, we can get that again with Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. They're the ones that get me going. They're my kind of event movies. They're the ones I get I get a real buzz for. Yeah. And the same, I was not sure walking into it, but I was kind of excited by that. I liked the fact that they hadn't given away barely anything in the previews other than one fairly notable thing that I think they pr- probably could have held back on. But I enjoyed the fact that we barely knew anything going in. We just knew a couple of the faces and, mm. you know, who was back and whatnot. But I think the legacy, the requel stuff is handled really, really well. The ideas genuinely surprised me on on particular points. I think the ghost face sequences are for the most part pretty good, which uh, again was a was a big thing I was concerned about being that you know everything else had been handled by Wes Craven. I think they did a really good job of trying to kind of recapture things, but they put their own spin on it by having things a little more. I don't know, a little more gritty, a little more kind of full-on than, than some of Wes Craven's Ghostface scenes. The reveals got a bit of a dislike to it, to a portion of it, but in terms of the commentary that they're making, one of the best, it, it, it's one of the best reveals in terms of fitting in with that meta Scream mm. movie sort of stuff and, and what it's actually trying to say about and to the audience. So, yeah, I was really happy with it as well. Uh, I think we all went and saw it a couple of times, and I think the second time I saw it was even better because mm. I, you know, I'd, I'd seen it, I was happy with it, I went back in and just kind of took it all in the next time around, and just yeah, really, really enjoyed it the second time. So I, I'm at a three and a half at the moment, but I think it's also another one of these ones that's got a potential to age really well, like some of the other ones have. Yeah, yep, totally agree. <clears throat> now Luke, he gave it four out of five. He was absolutely peaking to be back here, he, as far as he's concerned. Best Scream film since the original. Plenty of humour, scares, some brutal killings, a couple of good surprises for the fans. Heaps of Easter eggs. Yeah, which heaps. I think if you actually dig into that, they did an absolutely fantastic job with a lot of yeah, that. Yeah, there's just mountains of them. I think that the second time, I like before I went in, I made a point to go and read through everything I could. So that was a real buzz the second time around, picking up on some of those Easter eggs. Yeah, and Luke sort of says, great love letter to the franchise and to Wes Craven, and he just loved it. He's looking forward to the sequels, so four out of five. Yep. I will say this just to, just to, to let Luke know. He, he has been very in-depth with what he's given me, and I will apologise right now, Luke, if I don't, I can't get to a lot of this stuff, but um, I do, we do appreciate the, uh, the, the breakdown you gave us. Certainly helped for me put my notes together. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, just fucking copy on copy yeah, the I'm test. I'm trying to steal some of his stuff. So his seven pages. Yeah, you, you had what seven lines. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, did I see this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so look, well, let's let's get straight into it for for the likes. First thing for me was the direction. I was really concerned because I'm thinking Wes Craven has directed all of the other ones. Yep. Um, he has a certain style. I think it didn't particularly work as well in the later Scream films for, for Craven. He kind of lost some of what what he was good at. So I was very, very concerned that this would be, uh, you know, you got new people at the helm and how it would turn out. But the directors were did a fantastic job. It's fucking really cleanly shot. The It looks great. The ghost face sequences are really well done. Um, they build a heap of tension with a couple of 
sequences where you think something's going to happen, but it doesn't, and then they, they yeah. do, yep. do a little twist and go elsewhere. I just think they did a really fantastic job, and I love the way they reintegrated the tech stuff yeah. into it, which could have been a fucking cock up from hell, but they mm-hmm. got it perfectly done. And I think the, the directors did a great job of getting all that together. Yeah. Couple of scenes that showing a little bit of that playfulness too that we kind of expect from the franchise. So, you know, very self aware of what the audience expectations are and how they can play with them. So I think from that sense they really kind of fit into that Wes Craven mold too, whilst, you know, giving their own little touches to it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I loved uh Ready or Not. I thought that was such a great blend of just kind of humor and, and horror at the same time. And so when they were announced I was kind of rattling my brain like, God damn, I don't know who else I would have chosen. Mm. It was like kind of a, a current modern filmmaker to replace Wes Craven for this specific series. Those guys seem like a good fit. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. They, they did a good yeah. job. Wes Craven has a, a knack for even in some of his shittier films, he keeps the pace moving. It's mm. very rarely that I'm ever bored in a Wes Craven movie and specifically those scream movies. Even though some of us, so much of them are steeped in that sort of melodramatic soap opera when it gets into the, you know, family ties and this and that. Yeah. Even in the downtime, he keeps it moving. And, and one of my, I think, certainly not a disappointment, but I would note that there were a few moments in the middle of this movie here where I did sort of miss that Wes Craven ability to just keep things moving, yeah. keep it yeah. snappy. But again, from a perspective of just, like, you know, losing both the writer and the director of this series, I think they did a great job at really capturing the spirit of Scream. Yeah, and you make a good point there about Kevin Williamson because sometimes he kind of gets forgotten because he hasn't had as strong an involvement in some of the other ones. But really, the last time he's had as little involvement was Scream 3, and we know how that turned out. So that was probably what made me a little bit nervous about things going in was the writing aspect and knowing that last time someone stepped in... It just missed the marks on all those things we expected from a Kevin Williamson script. Yeah, see, but I've got a different take, and it'll actually come across a bit more in my re-jigging of the series. I was actually happy he wasn't involved because I actually think he'd kind of run out of ideas. Uh, you know, I've, I, don't, I don't particularly like Scream 4. Well, um, going back to, like, I heard a conversation with him about some of his old ideas, and, and it was only about a week before I saw the movie. I think it was on... I think it was the Horror Queers podcast interviewed him and they brought up some of his ideas that got brushed for Scream 3 and 4. Yeah. And I don't think he did run out of ideas. I just think they maybe didn't use the good ones. Yeah, well, that's true. It's true. Oh, okay. I, believe, I believe there were problems with Scream 4 with the studio. So maybe that's not necessarily his writing was that bad. It may have been chopped up yeah. and fucked around with. Yeah. But I'm not when, saying he's perfect, but no. I think he he's, what he does with these slasher things, he does have a pretty... Yeah, it's pretty um, good a wealth of it. sort of good ideas that could go either way, but if they're handled pretty well, which Wes Craven usually did. But I like the idea of someone new having a go at it. Yeah. And looking at yeah. James Vanderbilt's resume, it's pretty damn good. Hmm. You know, he's written things like Zodiac and stuff like that. He had yep. he had a had a pedigree as a as a really good sort of A-list sort of writer, not a not a fucking, you know. Subspecies. Aaron Kruger, uh, uh, Reindeer <laughs> Games. <laughs> Transformers, Kruger. Revenge of the Fallen. Fuck. That's right. That yeah, that guy. guy. Is, has he been run out of Hollywood yet? Because, <laughs> fuck. He should He's be. He's still making them. Uh, yeah. God. 
Yeah, he's one of those blokes where you look at the resume and you think he's got he's got something on someone. He's got a photo. He's got a compromising photo or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got some fucking leaked text. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking at their pedigree of the the right. Well, James Vanderbilt's got a, lot, a big pedigree. I think the other guy hasn't done a lot of other stuff, but. I thought I was pretty happy looking at those two guys as being okay. Well, hopefully, if they take their time and that, and they obviously had, they did. I mean, eleven years in between films, so they took time to actually put something together, and I think it shows greatly on what's on screen. Yeah, you know, so the the writers deserve equally as much credit as the the directing pair because it clearly a got fan to, of the series. You could tell, yeah, and yeah. you've got to untangle all that shit. And you've got to try and make sure that the fans love it and you've got to try and stick to certain things, aspects, and what, what we expect, but, but also give it enough to make it interesting. Mm. And I think they mm-hmm. did that really well. Yeah, they did. And I'm like you. The first time I saw it, I was kind of like, ah, ah, it was all right. But then when I went and saw it the second time, because I was freed of kind of trying to kind of analyse it, I just went in there and watched it. I found a yep. lot of other a lot of stuff hit better the second time around. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that that I went and saw it a second time because I think I would have been a little bit lower on it just from the first viewing. Hmm. Acting. Most for the most part, the the cast is really really good. Yeah, generally pretty good, including <laughs> some of the younger the younger cast, hmm. which is you know sometimes difficult because. In some of these other legacy ones, perhaps they haven't been given a fair shot at it, haven't haven't been given as much time in the movie. Mm. I think when you look at this one, they get the lion's share of, of the screen time and, and the story, and a couple of characters in there are, I was really, really happy to have really good performances. Mm. And they were, um, in the case of someone like Mindy, yep. really liked that character, and she was clearly trying to fill the void of her uncle, yeah. you know. That, but, and that's sometimes, you know, sometimes people just won't accept that or, the, you know, the shoes are too big to fill or whatever. Some people just get, and it, this is one of the things that they're commenting on in the film even. But I was really, really happy to have an actor of that calibre in that role give a solid performance and yeah. have a character on screen that I would have back in the next ones in a heartbeat and I'm looking forward to, you know. Yeah. And I think um, there's one particular performance I don't like, but I really like the young lass at the start, Jenna Ortega. Yeah, I, I could have I yeah. could have done with her in the in the front role, but unfortunately that that her age precludes that mm-hmm. for what they're going for. Yeah, which was disappointing because I didn't didn't think we got as much of her as we we could have had. Yeah, but, but she she was really good. I really like her as an actor as well. I think I think she's got. Um, yeah, another character that I'm really hoping they find a way to use well in the sequel because I would be happy to have that her back as well. Yeah, and just the three legacy uh, characters being back, and the way they're sort of put in, populated into the into the the story, I think works out really well. And David yeah, I thought Arquette. Jen Ortega was great. Yeah, I I do think that we might this. As you said earlier, this is a movie that I think might age well later on, where I think if she does blow up as big as I think she's going to, it might not be to the quality of like a Drew Barrymore, but I think having her presence at the start of the film, you know, 15, 20 years from now, looking back on the movie could be like yeah, more special than it might seem right now. Yeah, um, So I do think she's going to go places. Yeah, yeah, definitely. David Arquette, though, fuck. 
You know, he's never been my favourite actor. I mean, I've seen some of his movies where I wish he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Eight-Legged Freaks? Eight-Legged Freaks was on the other night, Brandon, and he fucking came yeah, on screen and I almost kicked the television over. <laughs> Uh, David Arquette is one of those guys that I've always, for whatever reason, whenever he's on camera, I just smile, even though he's not, he's almost <laughs> never delivering a genuinely good performance. I just love yeah. the, to see the guy. And yeah. I think that what they did with this character, I both loved and hated how, you know, they give him the kind of, <laughs> they can, it's just one of those characters where, you know, you've loved Dewey. He's just, he's an idiot, not great at his <laughs> job, but you somehow love the guy. Yeah. And then to see him not only lose the love of his life, but also be like kicked out of the police force. He's retired. He's a drunk. And it's just like kicking this character while he's down this whole time. I'm yeah. glad they give him that sort of like heroic redemption arc. And yeah. yeah, you know, what happens to him truly is, in my opinion, probably the most emotional death we've had in this whole series yeah. uh, to this point. But I thought he played it so well. I, I thought he, he just did. turned this character who has been sort of the butt of so many jokes throughout this franchise into something a bit more meaningful, something with a bit more heart. And you just felt for him minute one. And I, I honestly just wish I wish he was in it more. I wish we got yeah. more David Arquette, if, if anything. And Luke, Luke, as Luke's saying here, he's sort of saying that the the cat, there's a bit of growth there. Yeah. Like the, 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 the writers have, have seen to actually put him forward as a, a character who's grown, even if it's in a shit sort of situation, as you say. Yeah. I mean, the guy's a fucking bar fly. Yeah, he looks like shit. He's lost his job. He's living in a trailer. But there's some. There's a bit of pathos to the way he, he is, you know? Mm. I, I, I love yeah. the, the first phone call between him and Sydney. Yep. There's not yep. a lot said, but it's just the way the two actors kind of, you can kind of feel this, you know, there's love for each other and all that sort of stuff. And there's, you know, all that there. And they only talk for like a couple of minutes, maybe. Yeah. They barely say much to each other, except for him saying, it's happening again. Whatever you do, do not come here. And that leads into the text message stuff, which might be his best moment of the movie. Yeah. He kind of sends the, you know. Don't come here or whatever that he's hoping to the smiley face. And he goes to <laughs> yeah. himself, he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said the smiley face. And then he writes, I still, I think yeah. it's like, I still. And then he, it's really sad. Yeah. But yeah, he's just fantastic. As you said, Brandon, over the previous four movies, there's not a whole lot of progression of the character. He's just kind of there and he's the same guy who's still not very good as a policeman. I mean, honestly, somehow Jared, he's the sheriff. <laughs> like, honestly, you know, he, yeah. he, Dewey in Scream is similar to fucking Dewey in Scary Movie or whatever. <laughs> he's fucking putting his dick Doofy? in Doofy. Doofy. <laughs> With the vacuum cleaner, yeah. I'm trying to clean my room. <laughs> or putting his fucking hand down his pants and go, I smell this. Oh, man. <laughs> it's kind of bullshit. Yeah. Um, there was not a lot of difference between those two, almost. Yeah. I don't think he's been as good. And look, I've been a I've been a fan of Dewey the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he's been as good as this since the first movie. Like the first movie was was absolutely kind of his funniest performance yes. and and where the character was just pitched really, really well. As the series went along, it, it became harder and harder to buy that the guy I mean, Scream Two, where they're fucking Oh, Dewey's here, and he's just kind of standing on the campus, fucking looking in circles. It's like, yeah, that's who the <laughs> guy now, is. Now, now. He's a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's who he is through the whole series. So this one, yeah, to actually see, you know, there's there's some, there's been some repercussions from dealing with this shit, and mm. there's, you know, the marriage hasn't worked. The other thing I really like about it is the scenes between him and Courtney Cox. Yeah, 
they feel real because yeah. obviously that their whole actual yeah. relationship has gone through this. Yes. And you can see tears in both their eyes, and I'm sitting there going, I think they... Well, you can't see the coxes, because fucking hell, everything has been fucking... Tear ducks have been removed, but... Um, oh, man. Give but, me the bangs. Uh, I'll take the bangs over that. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it just, it just feels... It just feels real. It does feel real. And especially, does, you know, yeah. I watched that uh, I watched that doco on, on David Arquette about the wrestling, mm. how he's fucking struggled for the last couple of decades with being pinned as the bloke who killed WCW and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and it's a really good doco and it's kind of, it's like he is with this character, how he's kind of broken about it and kind of, you know. So having seen that and then seeing him on screen delivering this performance, I was just fucking really happy for the guy. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was, it was a really great thing to watch. Yeah, and... You touched on it before, Brandon. His death is a fucking kick in the guts. Yeah. I wanted him to survive. I wanted to see him as the hero. I wanted it to end with him taking Ghostface out. And I love that shot. I mean, it's fucking stupid that he would go back. Yeah. There's, yeah, a couple of issues, there's a couple of issues logically about it, but, but in terms of hitting, the, hitting a home run in terms of the emotions of it. And I just love the way they shoot it of him walking back and they keep cutting from his face to the gun to the bullets hitting the ground, the, the empty shells hitting the ground and he's walking mm. and he's reloading and everything. Like, that's yeah. fucking awesome. And especially, like, the it's an honour line. Mm. Uh, I mean, if I'd have read that on the page, I'd have been going, oh, shit, I don't know about that. But the way it plays mm. and Roger Jackson's yeah. delivery, fucking excellent. Mm. Excellent. Really, really good. I, I was, I was fucking dirty that he was dead. Yeah, which is funny. I was you've too. Been a, you've been a big proponent of Dewey's a pain in the ass, <laughs> Killing, and that yeah, that's sort of the double edged sword of it all too. Is that that moment really does lend the movie a sense of like, oh fuck, maybe like this is finally one of those sequels that maybe people aren't safe. You know mm. what I mean? It really does up the stakes. Yeah. But at the same time, it really is like, damn it, oh, anyone else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. just loving what he was doing, anyone else. Yeah, Exactly, spot on, because these movies have, and it's been one of my bugbears with Scream as a series, is that they all they tended to lean back on the, the key characters and, say, and, and use these things about, oh, all bets are off. I mean, fucking Patrick Dempsey, you know. Who's still bull- alive in the bullshit. canon of this movie series? I love. He, he better out. show up <laughs> yeah. in Scream Six. He better show up. But Jared's got problems with him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I found out when she when uh, Sydney mentioned the name, and I'm like, she's married McDreamy. I can just imagine him getting down on one knee and going, "You're the love of my life." Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah What's right. your favorite scary movie? Oh yeah. fuck my life. Oh, you cockhead. Um, but because oh, yeah, I believe it's in three where Patrick Dempsey says all bets are off. Yeah. Yeah. But but no bets were off. Yeah. Like, and watching I, three, I remember yeah. thinking you are not going to kill any of these characters, are yeah. you? I think you mentioned this when we were, when we broke down the series, Brandon. Is that. Number four, especially, and a little bit in part three, just seem to toss out these rules just for the sake of it, but they don't actually Meaning. don't actually follow them or break them. Or whereas this one actually tried to re-establish that, and it it did yep. do what it said it was going to do. Yeah, and I think it did it pretty well. Yeah, but I like the fact that you raise the stakes, mm. and and I think Sydney even says it near the end. The stakes have never been higher than now, you know, and I like that and. You know, 
if if they'd have killed another one in the finale, another one of the legacy characters, I probably would have been all right. All right with that. I'd have been fucking dirty if they'd have killed Sydney. Yeah. I think yeah. I'd have been fucking pretty pretty unhappy with that because I love the way they've kind of brought her back in all of these films. Lesser screen time in some of the later ones. But in yep. this one, her screen time was small, but it was fucking important that she yeah. was there. And I think, I believe Nev Campbell when she says, I'm not going to come back to these if they're not giving me something that I feel is right for the characters. Yeah. I look at Sydney and Laurie Strode, and I think mm. over the films, Sydney's got a got a stronger progression, and, and the character actually changes the way she acts from film to film. Laurie's reclaimed a bit of that with H2O and 2018, but in terms of actually movie-to-movie movie growth, even Scream 3, I mean, I've got a lot of issues and, you know, her not being in Scream 3 as much. There's actually growth to the way she acts and the way she responds to these situations. Yeah. So I actually believe her when she goes in interviews and says, I'm not coming back to these if they're not going to give me something decent to do. Yeah. And even though she is very much a side player in terms of how everything unfolds, she's critical to it all. Yeah. Like, it's, I think it's just well done. And I think, you know, I said this about her as an actress um, when we saw Skyscraper, and I was fucking steaming. <laughs> I wanted to have The Rock's testicles. <laughs> and, yeah, that's a fucking tough feat to get a hold of those. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see you attempt that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be two hands. I say, listen here, bro, <laughs> get ready because I'm coming. It's a two-hander. But I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sam of the Rock, yeah, you know, threatening phone calls. I'm on your hammer, mate. I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. He's all hopped up on Zoa. He'll take you down. Yeah. <laughs> Keep looking over your shoulder, motherfucker. Because... <laughs> but I wanted his ass. But I remember saying that the best part of Skyscraper was her. Yeah. To see her, because she had been out of the spotlight a little bit. I hadn't done a lot of films, yep. and I said, you know, she's the per- she's almost like the perfect sort of wife character in this film. Mm. Someone that we could I could get behind, you know. She's still kind of tough and fucking, you know. She's got hold of the rocks balls. I can tell you in that film. <laughs> um, yeah, she's got hold of the rocks. Don't worry yeah, about that. Mate. Yeah, I'd have to pry her hand off them. <laughs> but she was great. It was great to see her in Skyscraper, and it was fucking just as good to see her here. Even yeah. though only we only see her for in the first hour and twenty minutes, we see her once. Mm. And when we saw her, as I said, that conversation between him and her is excellent, and it doesn't need to be overwritten because the two actors know what they're doing, and I think it, it comes across really, really well. Big rap too for um, you mentioned Mindy. Mm. Um, she is a standout of the uh, her and General Ortega are the standouts of that. Younger group, yeah, yeah, I think so. I do, I do like Jack Quaid. I think he's he's fine in the role yeah. that he's given, and and he start he plays it just well enough that you know you can kind of play him both ways as the kind of loving dorky aloof boyfriend or what he turns yeah. into towards the end. But I will say, out of the new cast, yeah, that's that is that will be one of my negatives is that it's just not. And again, I go back on this, I go back and forth. Is you know if if the the original screen was released today, would I feel the same about? not growing up with these characters and having the past 25 years with those and just, you know, mm. enjoying those characters presence. Yeah. Would, will people have of this new crew? And I just don't, I don't quite see it. I, I'm not, no. I'm not in love with a lot of these, these people, unfortunately, but I yep. will say that, yes, Mindy's a standout. I thought Jack Wade was all right. And I did really enjoy Jenna Ortega. 
Um, the, yeah, the twins in general, even her brother, I think, is, you know, a, a fine character. Yeah. Dylan Minnette, the kid from 13 Reasons Why, they all play their part. Um, They're all decent actors. Yeah, no one. Yes, exactly. I'm glad they didn't get a shittier cast. Although, <laughs> like, this could have really turned into an MTV scream real quick, and yeah. I'm glad it didn't. Uh, here's a question for you, Brandon. Jack Quaid or Randy Quaid? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hello, boys. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> That's six, yeah. You put Ghostface against Randy Quaid. And that's a battle to the death. Oh, if you can find that. Randy Quaid, he's currently oh, on the run. Oh, gosh, yeah. Why is he? It's in Canada. Oh, oh. Uh, fuck. No, you, you're spot on. Um, Jack Quaid was pretty good, I thought. I just, this is what you're fucking I think if Ghostface came up against Randy Quaid, he'd say, oh, fuck this. <laughs> I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm leaving town. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought Mindy was was the the character I, I liked the most just because she kind of had that Randy feel. And they actually got it right. Yeah. Rather than doing what they did in... Scream three, for instance, and bring a oh, with his sister cassette. there, yeah, Heather Matarazzo, yeah, yeah. And, then, and and having the sister, and just kind of trying to shoehorn Randy back in. Although I have got a dislike to his fucking shrine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who fuck was this? Holy shit! Yeah, have a bit of class. Blake was savagely burned. Put his ashes in the fucking dough, in the lizard cupboard. We don't need a shot of Jamie Kennedy that looks like one of those ones from his fucking notorious New Year's Eve special where he's just fucking... We don't need a photo like that sitting up on the the mantle. (laughs) Something something I wish it had been his character from Malibu's Most Wanted. Uh, Oh, shit. (laughs) Prick. (laughs) Oh... God, remember we saw him in that. This is a fucking. We're off track here, people, but. Remember that fucking movie with Tom Atkins that had him in it? Was a slasher movie? Oh, Trick! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! When he He came on screen, I was like. Is he fresh out of rehab or something? He looks yeah. Awful. yeah, I was going to say. Have you seen, yeah, his, he did have not you look seen good. his um, YouTube stuff lately? He's no. doing a lot of reactions to Scream and stuff. I don't he, really watch. He that. looks. He's got a beard. He, he looks like Randy Quaid. <laughs> Maybe he is. <laughs> he's got, Randy Quaid's going under the alias of uh, like a Jack <laughs> Kennedy. Oh. Oh. Wow. Well, all right. Let's get back. The opening scene. Actually, yep. no, no, no. One, one other thing I was going to bring up. And I think you touched on it when you were talking about your your thoughts on the film, Jared. Is Ghostface is actually somewhat menacing again? Yeah, probably the first time in a quite a while. Yeah, they don't all work, but yeah, you know, like sometimes the phone calls can go on too long, and and yeah. they 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 don't kind of hit. Like the first one was like lightning in a bottle. Yes, like. And all the fucking times he rang, it was menacing, and he had that whole, you know, I'll gut you like a yeah. fish. I thought it was all the, you know, very similar. When I when I was looking back at it the second time, I was like, yeah, the first one is lightning in a bottle. Everything was just so clean. Everything worked so well that the sequels are just varying degrees. I mean, this one's probably a litre of lightning. Um, yeah. Scream, Scream 3, they probably just uh, maybe a shot of lightning. What they did is... That's uh, it, Chucked a couple of fucking cables on a car battery. And, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And I think I've always liked that Ghostface took some lumps. You know, Ghostface, 
got walloped or whatever. Yeah, it introduces some inconsistencies when someone gets whacked in the face and then the rest of the movie, once you find out who it was, they don't have a fucking black eye or anything. But I enjoyed that Ghostface took a bit of bit of treatment. Yeah. They take a bit of that out. There's not as much of that. I noticed a little bit of it in the opening scene, a little bit of it with Dewey, but the menace is there. Like, the scenes are... There was a couple where I was like, oh, shit, you know, which I haven't really done in the last couple of Scream sequels. Yeah. So it actually hits a bit better. The phone calls he makes actually have a little bit more to them, Mm. and I think that that was, you know, that's that's good considering. Three and four. Yeah. I particularly liked in the opening scene how his voice sort of changed throughout the conversation where it really did start off sort of like a normal kind of casual convo and then turned into something pretty dark. And he was able to like pitch his his voice in such a way that at first I remember seeing it the first time. It was like, wait, hang on a second. Did they get the same guy back? I'm going to be pretty pissed if they didn't get Roger Jackson back. But again, he's just able to sort of change his voice to kind of get more menacing as he went along. I did like that. And yeah, following into that, like is really the kills. I do think the kills are less. We do have a, a, I think probably the smallest body count technically when you tally up who actually died in the movie, Mm. probably the smallest one of the series. But I do think the kills in here are a bit more brutal, a bit more gnarly. And uh, yeah, it's like you got blades going through necks. You got, uh, (laughs) but also that multiple stabbings, like, like he when when he kills the sheriff, he, yeah. he just kind of fucking whack, whack, whack and just keeps stabbing and stabbing and stabbing, you know? Like, it's not... In the other films, it's usually, like, a stab to the guts and then... Yeah. See yeah. you later. And when you... It's sort of a brutality to it, and that's what Luke was pointing out, and is sort of saying that those deaths are much more brutal. Yeah, and when you get to the reveal of why they're doing it, I think it fits the kind of... the mind frame of the people that they're trying to talk about, like, the way that they act mm. sometimes. Like... Mm. Obviously not. Obviously, it's taking it to a whole another level. But kind of the venom that's spewed online and shit like that, you kind of see it in the way that Ghostface is acting in yeah, some of yeah. those some of those scenes. I really like the opening sequence, and you pointed out, you know, it could age much better depending upon yeah, depending on how high her star her yeah, star sort of goes. goes, depending on when she gets yep. a call to say, "Hey, I've got this film with Robert Dancing De Niro." With the stars. <laughs> no, Paul's <laughs> grandpa too. No, no, not yeah. If, if her agent says your best option would be to take that, <laughs> uh, it could be the end. <laughs> this may look a little bit yeah. worse, but I think no. I think she's a pretty fucking switched on actress, and I think you'll find she will have a very very strong career. And so it will look better. But I think I actually think the opening is really solid. The use of the locking, unlocking door on the phone, mm-hmm. the actual yep. use of the text messages in the conversation, this isn't mm-hmm. an amber. Yep. And he says, answer the phone, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, reminiscent of, of some of those earlier. Like you said, yeah. never quite hit, hits the peaks of those the dialogue from Ghostface in that initial sequence in Scream. But it's pretty much as good as we've gotten through and throughout it, it, the series. It, yeah, as Luke points out in his discussion, is it kind of almost like recreates that opening scene with the, you know, we're going to have a quiz. Mm. You know, I, I kind of like that they brought that back well, somewhat. And yeah. that's, that fits from, I mean, from the get-go. Again, the second viewing made this even clearer. Even though you knew sort of this was going to be weaved into the film throughout, they go with the whole gatekeeping of fandom Mm. from minute one, Mm. from those conversations. You know, when she talks about elevated horror and talks about the Barbadook and all that sort of stuff, 
And yeah. he, got, he kind of goes, oh, sounds, sounds, boring, sounds kind of boring and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> like that's, on second viewing, that was even better. Yes. And I think that's that's the stuff that's going to age really well. Really funny that that's, that's what they're going with and that's the way that they're choosing to approach that kind of gatekeeping fandom. And yeah, I really, really like that. And a huge rap for her not being killed. Yes, that was the yes. first twist on what we were expecting. Yes. Yeah, nice little subversion of expectation. And I did like, yeah, the incorporation of modern technology without neutering the film. I feel like so many horror mm. movies today either have to be period pieces or if they are set today, they just fucking wipe out cell phones altogether <laughs> or they just make the characters as dumb as possible and not using them. I, I liked how she's, she's like Googling trivia bits, that he's, the, the questions that he's asking. Yeah, yeah. A good way to kind of wrap it in there and still remain scary. Yeah, but. and it's Spot present on. throughout. They've always got their phones. They use it quite well a couple of times through the movie. Hmm. So it's good to see that. As I said before, the first meeting between Sydney and Dewey works a treat. And I really do like that line of, do you have a gun? I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course I've got a gun. Yeah. 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 I I really thought those sort of things, again, just sort of touching back on some of the other films. Hmm. Luke mentioned the, uh, they sort of recreate the courtyard. They have all the young kids in the courtyard together sitting around talking. Yeah. Recreating the the scene in in the original. Yes. Where they're sitting at the fountain. Yep. Um, yep, could really do with a splash of Matthew Lillard. Oh, of course it could. And a fucking... Did you leave <laughs> a sure. liver in the mailbox? <laughs> liver alone, yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, liver alone. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. I want to watch that movie again <laughs> right now. I'll fucking rip your table with this over. Luke mentions that Drew Barrymore is the voice of the, pres- the principal. Yeah. Is that well, correct? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. There's, they did that, a lot of that. So there's I people at the party, I think, in the, the background the party who in there. Were all like, Henry Winkler's there. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> cast, so the cast members, when they say for Wes, it's Jamie Kennedy, it's Hayden Penetier, yeah, it's, yeah. it's um, all of these people. The ghost face in Stab 8 is Matthew Lillard. Is it? <laughs> Oh, oh wow! So there's all of these little. These are these are the some of the Easter egg kind of articles that I read before I went back in to watch it the second yep. time. There's so, there's some really good ones. The tattoos on on Stu's nephew. Yep, he's got all these tattoos with Freddie and Jason and oh, yeah. and, and related to um, Wes Craven movies and stuff. Like it's just they went so deep, and that's goes to what Brandon mentioned about that you can tell that the guys that were writing and, and directing it, they, they loved the, the Scream movies. Yeah. That's one of my big ups for the movie is honestly the, not only the references, but just the being able to incorporate that meta commentary without it being annoying or come off as pretentious. Yes. Yeah. They really do. And I think they built that in, thankfully, from Scream 2, really, where building that whole fake stab universe, how you're really able to, as opposed to comment on 80 slashes in the first one, really retooling the entire formula by commenting on the original film yeah. through the guise of this stab universe is just it's pretty right. genius. Yeah. It's used as yeah. well as it's it's been through the series. Like obviously there was some there was parts where it was used for comedy and there was parts where it was used to reference the influence of the movies, but I think in terms of just out and out referring to Scream One but calling it Stab, it's used as well as it's it's been through the series. And I really like that it doesn't feel like it's got this, like you, like you said, it doesn't feel like it's sort of condescending to the toxic fandom. It's basically just yeah. kind of saying, do better. Like, yeah. it's, it's not really, <laughs> it's being playful with it, it's having a laugh with it, but it's saying, you know, let's just fucking enjoy this stuff, you know. It's, it's not 
angry towards that fan base, I guess. Mm. Yeah, yeah. so I, I missed I missed Drew Barrymore totally. She's you got know one what? of those very noticeable voices too. So yeah, I think that was one of the ones that I didn't, I I forgot to look out for when I was in there. But yeah, there was there was lots just of them, tons around, of them, and they good, they yeah. did it pretty almost perfectly. Yeah, you know, there's so mm-hmm. much good stuff in there. There's a couple of little ones, as I said, fucking. Look, no one needs fucking Jamie Kennedy's face on, you know, and a message <laughs> yeah. to him. I don't see that why that was in there, but but even down that, to like naming that character Wes, and then mm. you know, obviously it's for Wes at the end, but having that whole scene where everyone's yeah toasting this character and really celebrating the life of the, you know, just a great way to really celebrate that director and yeah, uh, you know what he did for this franchise. It's actually, kind of, it, was, it actually was kind of. Um, I felt a little emotional when Did it you? came up at the end. That little fucking Wes. You know, that little yep. Grinch-sized heart of yours. <laughs> My heart was beating like a jackhammer. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it beating like a jackhammer. <laughs> but the death of... I can't remember the bloke's name, and quite frankly, he's going to come up in my dislikes because, fuck, he was only in it for like two minutes, and it, it was just a red herring for no apparent reason. But the guy out of the car... Yes, yeah, taking a piss. The car, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, as Luke pointed out, the whole use of red right hand. Loved it. Was fucking awesome. Yep. As soon as I heard it, you know, when he turns around in the car and you hear the... Dun, dun, yes, and like, I love oh, the way yes. um, Ghostface just turns up behind him. He turns wow. around and he just goes... He yeah, fucking jabs yeah. him in the neck. Yep. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. It's really quick. You see, you know what? I actually, again, second viewing, I actually really liked that because... At first, you got these characters that are, you know, taken care of quite quickly, mm. him, namely, but they establish very quickly that there's a reason for that. Yes. It's a pattern. Yeah. So I didn't mind having, like, a fucking dildo, like, you turn <laughs> up in two minutes. Fucking Carl Gelder. His fucking performance is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street uh, reboot, that guy. Yes, yeah. He's he in that too, in, yeah. He wanders into the frame and goes, hey, baby, <laughs> <laughs> Like, holy shit, where did you Quite come the smooth from? smooth criminal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, I love it. Yeah, now, it's a little bit strange, but. I, I've got it. This is a like and a dislike. Okay. I actually somewhat appreciated the Billy Loomis seeing him. Um, a couple of yeah. times, the early going, it yeah. was well played. Yes, I really good. like that one where she's ta- he's talking to her in the fucking rearview mirror. Going, it's time to get in there and start ripping out some fucking throats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you know what? The de aging didn't look as bad as I thought. Really? The first time <laughs> it's possible. The one in the the one in the rearview mirror is the one where I was really kind of like, oh yeah. that that's, yeah, that's where some there's some light on it, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the man's still very good looking. Oh. He's just you know, some soft lighting, some Vaseline. Probably just good. Uh, look, I've seen him. I saw him at, at a, at a, doing a siding somewhere. Fuck, mate, he needs a fair bit of Vaseline. Yeah, 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 he's, he's, he's still a good looking guy. Probably, not... probably doesn't have the undercut anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, the chill factor money ran out. So. <laughs> 
The Newton boys. Say, yeah, it's the always Newton good. boys residuals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they tap dry. But I will say, yeah, it's always good to see Skeet. I guess it makes sense that yeah, he wouldn't have aged past the time he was killed, and so yeah. yeah. For, so I guess that's her memory of him, even though she's never met him. But yeah, I, I didn't mind the old the tie backs to him. I would have done. I would have done it differently. I would have just had his voice. Yeah, but you know what? Yeah, the first you time you saw him in the yep. hospital, I kind of liked that as the way to reveal that this is where this is where we were going. Mm. Yeah, and the fact that even just you know crafting that that our our play on this movie is that she's his daughter. Yeah, love it. Yeah, solid. It's it's not necessarily something unexpected to have a character's you know someone related to a character. But it just didn't feel like it was going to happen because this movie was about these young kids and it seemed from Scream 1 that his life was just dedicated to fucking making this happen as far as we knew in that Scream 1. So I didn't expect it. I didn't think that that's where they were going to go. I was more in the realm of, you know, since since people, I think Craven has mentioned it. I know Kevin Williamson definitely has, but that essentially they're saying that Stu's still alive. Canonically, yeah. they think Stu's still alive. I was expecting that that's where they might go. Stu's still alive? Yeah. A fucking television fell on his head. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I oh, hear I... Hayden Penetier's character still, yeah, alive, still alive, alive. Kevin Williamson. Alive. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'm expecting um, them it, to it, see them maybe the, in some the, There's actually scenes. an Easter egg there that, that says she's still alive. Yeah. Because was... um, he's looking at the video of Stab 8, and in the yeah. next to it, upcoming, it says um, interview with... Kirby, oh, the dead whatever. meat. Yeah, I loved yeah. seeing those guys, by the way. That's another positive. Fuck, yeah, that, that was, was funny. That, that was pissed funny, yeah. the stab eight. That was. Because, again, yeah, just a nice commentary on horror fandom and where that lies now, and a lot of us <laughs> go to fucking, YouTube to flock fucking, to those yeah, content He's readers. got a bloody um, chrome mask, and he's when, fucking wearing yeah. no sleeves <laughs> and doing When he whipped out the flamethrower, I was laughing because I'd seen, I'd honestly seen about three or four articles and I think, you know, it was purposeful. I'd seen about three or four articles breaking down how are we going to get this chrome mask and people doing yeah. the fan theories and then to see that all it was was taking the piss <laughs> and then yep. follow it up with him with the cut-off sleeves <laughs> doing the fucking ninja swords. I was like, just brilliant. And the fact that Ryan brilliant. Johnson directed it? Yeah. yeah. The director of it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that but was yeah, funny. But, yeah, they're... Especially with all these trailers that seem to ruin the movie, I am glad that the marketing really didn't. They even commented on how they purposely put a lot of shots and stuff in there to fuck with the audience, which yeah. normally pisses me off. But in yeah. this circumstance, I was just so happy that there wasn't actually a scene in which this fucking killer gets a <laughs> chrome mask and wields a flamethrower. It didn't so stop funny. someone from getting torched at the end, though. Yes. Yeah. It reminded me of, um, it, it felt like the Grindhouse trailers. Like I laughed as much as I did yeah. during those kind of grindhouse trailers when it, I made shit. It was even it was just as funny the second time seeing him whip out the swords and stuff. But that you know what? The great thing about it is that marketing would have been pitched to the whole idea of what they were saying, which was the toxic fandom and the fact that these people will fucking pull this apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's you right. You know, five seconds after we put a trailer out, they're gonna rip it apart. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually fucking play <laughs> yeah. with it. So you don't know what you're yeah, getting, right. but all the idiots out there will be like, oh, fuck, there was a three-second yeah, like, like there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shot-by-shot comparison, and we're going to analyze every shot of the trailer. Yeah, these fucking guys. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, the funny thing is, like, I was so glad to see that, but then um, there's part of me that's also like, 
Neck a better make a fucking stab eight version of uh, Ghostface. <laughs> yeah. Buy that shit in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Ninja yeah. sword accessories. <laughs> oh, Part of me really awesome. wants them to just do a throwaway. Like, that's one of the sequels is to really go meta with it and just do a full on fledged stab, like, recreation yeah. movie. Oh, man. That That'd would be, be so fun. good. Oh, but man. yeah, as you had stated, her, her ties to Billy, this is, I mean, it fits well with the series because this really, like, as much as I love it, 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 it boils down to being this sort of like, teenage soap opera whodunit where it's all like this person's related to this one and yeah. Roman somehow orchestrated the whole thing instead <laughs> the fucking third one. But yeah, no, it fits right well in the series without jumping the shark or anything. Yeah, I think it does it really well. Um, Luke mentions the, 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 the whole sequence in the at, at Randy's, at the Meeks household, where yep. Mindy gives the discussion about yeah, recalls and all that, which is fucking awesome. Yep. And yep. that's where... Dewey hits the nail on the head and goes, never trust the fucking love interest. Yeah. And obviously, he's 100% correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that was actually, he mentioned that when they first went to his trailer. Yeah. And if you go back and watch it, obviously, you know, as we said, we saw it the second time around, everything he says there is just on point. Yeah, It's yeah. just bang on. It almost plays out exactly how it... Yeah, how it, it's really, really well done. Yeah. But um, that it whole is, conversation is, why- is fucking awesome. And that's but that that's also why I feel like his death is is so disappointing to me. Not in the terms of it raising the stakes in the movie because it does, but the fact that he just doesn't follow his own rules. It, yeah. it just seems so contrived at that point to have him walk away. And it's like I know what you're doing, and it sets up a great moment. I just wish they would have handled it slightly different, so I didn't feel so kind of cheap. It was, it's just a cheap move because this is a character who, especially at this point in his life, is really keyed into everything that's going to make you survive one of these movies. And it's yeah, just such right. a it's just like a heartbreaking turn that he's such an idiot at the end. There. See, but yeah. all it needed was one slight tweak, and that is that yeah. he looks back and Ghostface is getting back to his feet, and he he says, "I have to, I have to go exactly. back and take him out." Anything yeah. like that? Get out of here! It's just a, the way that it played out. Like I said, the emotional beats of it were spot on, but the fact that he's walking yes. towards and has to get within, you know half a metre of Ghostface, it's like you could stand there and load your gun and probably still hit the head <laughs> yeah. from where you are. Yeah. Like, it just, yeah, that that was one of the disappointing elements to me. And there's a couple more, but I'll, I'll save that for the dislikes because I've got a couple of couple of negatives to how the, the hospital stuff played out. But, um, yeah, I agree totally yeah. in that in that sense. Yeah. I really like the, actually the death of Wes and the sheriff. As I said before, oh, yeah. they actually Deputy play Hicks. a little bit of, yeah, yeah they kind of play a little bit of he's going to die any second now as, yep. as he moves around the house. Any second now he's going to close the door and fucking there's going to be Ghostface. Yeah. And then Ghostface calls her. She fucking hightails back and he's in the shower. And once again, you're still thinking Ghostface is going to go him first. Yeah. And then as she yep. runs up the stairs, he just appears out in the front porch. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really cool way to just sort of twist it around enough. Excellent little scare. Excellent little kind of, again. You don't expect it yeah, in the middle take, of the daylight, you know what I mean? Taking the surprise element. And then I actually really liked after that, when that's all gone down, where Wes is walking around and you kind of, the music's rising and goes, and he's opening a door and then he closes it and nothing happens. No mind. Nothing happens. And then eventually it's just Ghostface is standing there and then whack, you know, like it's, I thought that stuff was, that playfulness was was much appreciated. Yeah. 
I haven't been that surprised since I saw Ghostface in the supermarket, I think. (laughs) (laughs) There's two shots. There's two shots in the original Scream. I've seen it so many times, but two shots of the movie. I'm always like, that just doesn't fit right in that shot. And then when she's talking outside in the bushes, when he's bushes. (laughs) Scary movie style running behind the tree. Come on. And he also does, you know, the the one I love about the tree is you kind of get the shot and, you know, you see it and he kind of goes, and then takes off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one in the fucking supermarket is ridiculous. The supermarket is ridiculous. So like, no one's going, who the, what the fuck are you doing here with a fucking mask on? Yeah, they sort of established, oh, everyone's running around in this, but then they're at the point in the movie where it's kind of like, the sheriff's clamping down. <laughs> People are going to get shot. I'm not going to pick up some milk and bread in the fucking ghost face costume. <laughs> at least I'm taking the mask off, for Christ's sake. But you know what, though? Th- those two shots are not necessary either. Like you could cut no, those no, bits no. out, and yeah. it wouldn't wouldn't change the film one bit. No, I think it fits in. No. I think it's like what Brandon was saying before. It's just this stuff about Wes Craven keeping this kind of pace and keeping yeah. you on edge. And in the in the in the midst of it, like the first time I watched Scream, I didn't think twice about the fact that it was broad daylight. No, and he's hiding behind a bush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if the neighbour yeah. happens to come yeah. out to trip, get the fuck out of my yard! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you yeah. doing there? Like, um, I think it's uh, yeah, it's just that thing where there was moments without Ghostface, and it was the conversation and the exposition where Wes Craven just chose to shit, we've got to get a quick uh, a quick glimpse to keep us on our toes. Yeah. But, yeah, once you go back and watch it as many times as we have, you do <laughs> kind of think, oh, I wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> I'd be t- sneaking around the suburbs in my ghost face costume. Yeah. You like the lemon squares too, didn't you? The yeah. Lemon, yeah. lemon squares. Lemon squares line, yeah. Yeah. yeah, only yeah. because, and you know, I, I'd kind of forgotten about it, but uh, watching Scream 4, what, a day or two before we watched it the first time and getting the whole, your lemon squares taste like arse line, that was a good giggle for me. So when I saw it on the fridge, I was like, yeah, nice. Just another nice touch for those, those the people that wrote yeah. it, just demonstrating that they know they know the series, they know what the fans enjoyed. Well, so much, so much of the movie is really geared toward that first film and trying to mm. recreate it, that it was nice to see the little sequel nods throughout. Yep. It was nice to see, you know, she doesn't do much, but, uh, you know, Mar- Marley Shelton, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, good to see her. I was, trying to, I was trying to rack my brain, like, who else could have come back from some of the previous sequels and I, and other than Patrick Dempsey? I was really, oh. I wish we would have gotten the cameraman from, from Screen 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually, yeah. we had a conversation beforehand and we kind, of, we kind of mentioned, you know, Adam and I were both sort of saying, look, there wasn't all that much of a reason to bring her back in terms of, like, fan favourite or anything like that. No, no. But it was the one that made sense. If we're going back to Woodsboro and you've decided on Dewey's yep. storyline, well, that was the one that made sense. But, yeah, yeah, I too am, I mean, I'm still dirty that Joel hasn't come back somewhere in the series, as you know, especially now. <laughs> Gail's back in New York. He could have worked his way up the ladder. Hey, I'm coming back yeah. here. Like, <laughs> well, that would have been, yeah. it would have um, been an easy Easter egg to have yeah. him, him there. Scream 6. Yeah. It's got to happen. <clears throat> yeah. Luke was a big fan of when Gail and Dewey come back together. Um, and I think that was really well played, and we spoke about it before. Yeah. It almost feels like yeah. real life. Excellent scene. And the two of them kind of bounce off each other like I would have expected, two people who have obviously known each other for a long, long time and, and have been were yep. together and had a marriage breakdown and everything like that. Uh, and, you know, the whole thing of you were meant to stay in Woodsboro, you know, and I, I was meant to go. Yeah. I thought that stuff was really cool. 
Yep. Yep. I actually really like the little exchange too, where Sam kind of says she doesn't want to be involved, and they talk about yeah the the new the new yeah passing of the torch or whatever, and and um, Gail comes out and says yeah you, you talk about the original, this is the original, and points to Sydney. I thought some of that stuff was quite cool, that conversation there where she's kind of saying, you know, we've got to take him out. This is, you've got to hang around. I also like how the, I liked how the characters weren't so stupid as um, a lot of, like, her first response is like, we're just going to fucking leave. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess that makes sense. Yeah, like, we're just going to leave here. Like, uh, it just makes sense to go. Yeah. Well, of course, actually, they have that little contrivance with, uh, what, the inhaler, the right? inhaler, yeah. <laughs> but I <laughs> did also like the way that um, Jack Quay is kind of there going, no, 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 we're not fucking going. Like, yeah, selling yeah, yeah. the whole, I'm not in on yep, it. Yep, But it's I, yeah, me. I agree totally. It was like... You know, they'd made a point of, of trying to make these characters so self-aware and whatever, but that's one of the things that obviously in, you know, Scream 1, Sydney talks about, you know, she should be running out the front door, but she's going up the stairs. This was kind of that moment finally being fulfilled, right? We're getting the fuck out of here. So, yeah, I, I really dug that that was the approach they were taking there as well. It played nicely into into Richie being part of it all, but, yeah, um, yeah I liked that that's, that was her first initial thought was... Nah, pack your shit, get yeah, out of here. Let's get out of here. I'm getting her out of danger. I'm getting me out of danger. Let's let's get the hell out. Of yeah, here. that was cool. I, I I sorry. I liked the. I really liked the um the use of the find my phone. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Again, yep. a little bit of tech involving mobile phones could have gone fucking sideways. Yeah. Like some of that stuff can, but it actually worked out really well. Yeah, and it was. <clears throat> probably the best part of that scene. That that was not one of my favourite scenes. No, it movie, wasn't. But I love the fact that when he gets back to try to turn it off too, though, and he's got blood on his fingers and he's trying to use the phone, I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> the, that classic frustration of when you've got some shit on your hands and you're trying to... <laughs> 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 just a bit, a, a bit more of that humour. But, again, just plays into that, how we, how we spoke about they embrace the tech. Which yeah. you kind of had to. Scream's always been about that. It's always been about the killer talking on the phone. And now that that's moved along, I love that they moved along with it and found a way to fit that stuff in. Taking it back to the house, the original house, same party sort of set up, a lot of the same stuff. Watching Stab, the scene where yeah. Randy's <laughs> talking to the television, all of that was great. And all that whole sort of running through of I'll be right back, you yeah. know, going down to get beers. Yeah. And then Mindy kind of says, you never go down there on your own. Yeah. Fits she- the whole premise of the movie, the, the way that they were yeah. speaking about requels. It's like, okay, well, we're going to finish it in the same place that we did and we're going to have scenes that played out in the same room. And Yeah, it's really, yeah. really, really... Again, there's Easter eggs galore in that and it's... It, again, it could have been really shit house. Mm. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of it could be looked back on. If it's just a hair wrong, we're all looking at it and going, this was shit. Cringing, yeah. Yeah, cringing, thinking you just crammed all this stuff in. But it seems like they took such care to get it all in there. And then one of my favourite sequences is where Ghostface rings Sydney. And she's just like, yeah. you're the most derivative of the lot. Yeah. I mean, they're the fucking same house. And he goes, well, yeah, he starts having messy shit. And she goes, I'm bored. <laughs> and just, and he, he I love how yeah, she's shooting through closet doors. Yeah, and and he, like, tell me going, if you're a good no, person. Yeah, Yeah, and shooting through the doors and all that. Like, she's kind of just, you know, back to the sort of balls. Just had it. Yeah. I really, really liked a lot of that. And 
coming into that, the explanation of who the killers are. Yeah. We get Amber, obviously, and as we said before, spoilers, Amber and Randy Quaid. (laughs) 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 Uh, Richie. But the, the conversation about why they're doing it and the fact that they're they're almost like creating fresh material for the writers to use. Yeah. You know, we're going to have a, a killing spree and it's it's going to work out because they the, the Stab 8 was so bad. Yeah, we love these films yep. and we've got to... All of that stuff kind of played really well. Yeah. As I said, the first time I was kind of a bit like, oh, nah. <laughs> but yeah. the second time it kind of unravels better for me. Like I just sort of felt it, I went with it a bit more. And I really liked the bit where she says, how did you find out about the fact that I was Billy Loomis's daughter or whatever. Mm. And the yeah. Amber just goes, hey, your mum's a fucking drunk. <laughs> she, yeah. she wanders around and told everybody. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, to be honest, hell is the mom? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I want to know who that mom is. I, I want it to be... Um, one of the cheerleaders in the bathroom. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bubble like butt that. boyfriend, <laughs> Billy. Yeah. That, that would be piss funny. Yeah, but look, yeah, I, that look I didn't love that. I didn't love her saying that. I just thought, fucking, if if that's how you found out, how the fuck did no one else know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. what you're saying about how the ending played out, again, I, I loved it. I loved the way that they were speaking about the film. I love the way that they were talking about what about my ending and all this, yeah. and you know, getting so fucking dirty about it um, not coming together the way they planned. Together. I mean, we've spoken about this. Obviously, we we are you know a, a group of average blokes that just wanted to put a podcast together because we like movies and stuff like that. We've talked a bit of crap about some of them, but I don't see myself in that category. I see myself as someone who loves these movies, even the ones that I dislike. I've never gone on and signed a fucking petition to have someone fucking yanked from a film studio or, yeah. or um, you know, a petition to remake the last thing of Game, last of, Thrones. The Game of Thrones. I mean, some of these series, something like Friday, that's that's part of what you love about it. You accept the shit warts and all. You yes. know, for, for as much as I don't like about Friday 5, you kind of accept it and find things to love about it and whatever. Mm. So I don't consider myself in that type of fan base. And I, I really disagree with the way some people act about it. Hmm. So I loved that that was, that was the way that they chose to approach it, to take it to this level and talk about, you know, the entitled fandom and that you're ruining this and that, that we're going to fucking kill people to get out the way that we want it and whatever. Um, I just, again, especially second time around, yeah. I just loved it. <clears throat> I loved the way that, that they, ra- they rationalised what they were doing. And the finale is just fucking on for old, young and old. <laughs> I mean, my favourite sequence, and I'd for, I almost forgot about it the first time, is fucking Sydney and Gail just pick Amber up and throw her across the fucking yeah. island in the middle of the kitchen. And then when they, she backs into the corner, she's like, I'm just a little kid. I, you know, I didn't, wasn't doing anything. And she yeah. says, you killed my best friend. And she goes, and he went down like a pussy. And fucking Gail goes, whack. Yeah. Punches her fair in the head. Yeah, it was, it was a good scene, actually. And it's just, it's going, it's on for young and old in every fucking room. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all happening in the kitchen. And then... Richie's fucking chasing Sam around the rest of the house, and you know, yeah, yeah, it's really it, it plays out 
somewhat, there are little bits that also reminisce about the first one as well. Yes. Him going up the stairs yep. looking for her and screaming out and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and I actually, uh, the first time around, I was a bit down on them just assuming that Sam would leave Tara tied up. Yeah. With the, but then the second time around, I was like, no, no, this all fits. This guy thinks he's fucking so smart and thinks he's got it all planned out and that this would work better. This is the way it should be and this is how it would work. But there's actually stuff in his plan that doesn't work. I think it all just, again, I think it's just well-crafted and it fit what they were actually trying to say about the killers. Yes. Yeah. It fit the the series, the the motives of the series, like, better than I think some of the other sequels have. And especially now looking back at the entire series, when you look through each villain's motives and why they're doing this, Really, three seems to be the only outlier where it doesn't seem, you know, number two is kind of blaming the movies. You've also got the family tie with Billy's mom, but then you got four where it's sort of this like Instagram celebrity look at everything. And then this fifth one with fans. The third one really is that one, even though he is, quote unquote, like trying to make his own movie more so about his relationship with Sydney and their history. I did like in this one, it might be my favorite way of one of these killers has been dispatched when Sam just goes fucking hog wild, just stabbing him, I don't know, 20 times or whatever. Yeah, didn't yeah. love her final line before she, you know, didn't li- love the way she delivered that line, no, but no. I did love the fact that he just got stabbed to death. I love the, way, I love the way he delivered it. Like, you know, like, what about my ending? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then did. that poor girl gets lit on fire for the second time I've seen that girl torch <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood too. It's like, oh, man. there must have been some sort of in-joke in the cast. <laughs> She's collecting a resume. I mean, imagine her fucking sizzle reel of, of the way she's been killed yeah, exactly. by Is she the one who gets fucking torched by Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, in DiCaprio in the pool, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets a head oh, it's so later. funny. Yeah. I've just backtracked on a couple of things Luke has here. I, he, he really liked the bit where Chad and Liv are on the couch and they're making out and she says, we should go upstairs. And he's like, ah. Not quite as dumb as some of these characters yeah, seem to be. He's yeah. actually kind of like the, you know, if you were actually trying to preserve your life. Nah, mate, I'm going. Would... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to die, I'm going out on top. Um... <laughs> And he does actually run through here when they say two wears at the party. There's Drew Barrymore, Matthew Lillard, Jamie Kennedy, Henry Winkler, Adam Brody, Hayden Panettiere, Kevin Williamson, Marco Beltrami, Patrick Lussier, and uh, I think it might be, is it Aya Craven? Maybe it's his wife? I don't know. But I oh, think okay. they're all there, mm-hmm. potentially. Huh. Yep. So, they're all voices. Yeah, it's very all cool. the voices that say to Wes yeah. after the cheers. So that's oh, really, really okay. Cool. I was going to say if I had seen them, if I had seen some you know fifty year olds in the back of this high school party, I might be. Well, they should have been dressed up like they should have been fucking dressed up like Mr. Burns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Be fucking uh, dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh, full gosh, form jumps yeah. are going out together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, that was it for me because yeah, the finale is just one big fucking. Yeah, awesome sequence. You know, it's just everything's happening. It's fucking going off. People are getting belted left and right. And it ends kind of the way it should, you know. Mm. They really cut loose on, on the two killers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad um, Luke was able to fill you in on all the things you liked about the movie. Yes. <laughs> so Thank, you. <laughs> so, Thank you, Luke. Uh, 
I appreciate, I appreciate keeping you, you keeping me abreast of what the movie was about. No, no, Luke, Luke has given me a full breakdown. Yeah, so that's that's the great thing about this. Perfectly um, breaking it up into each little piece, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And oh, look, if I had to have one more, like it's it's the thing that the, the four wears that comes up at the end. Yeah, I just think it's really yeah. really nice way to say, you know, to to you know point back to the guy that pretty much. And it's the same font as the original where it was in, where it said flashed up screen. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. I thought, I think it was, yeah, nice little touch. I think it's just a really nice touch. Yeah. I mean, he's been good. dead for 10 years, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. you're not, I think it's not quite under but, 10, yeah. but yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. But just a really nice way to finish it up. Any other likes, gents? Oh. The line where I did laugh when lo- the li- just specific moments though the one that has come to mind do we said something I can't remember who he's talking to I think it's Richie or something he says you might be the killer because that cut deep yeah yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no yeah because yeah. uh, Richie says Richie says, says Wes says, yeah. Wes says um, you know you, you're, uh, you're drunk you're, you're, you're drunk you're living in a bottle or whatever yeah, you're like, probably the killer yeah you're probably the killer because that cut deep <laughs> <laughs> and I believe that was a improv line as well mm. alright yeah no I mean, a great finale but yeah I think those those are my likes dislikes Melissa Barrera is I hate to say it but pretty bad yeah she's not most of it yeah I don't think she was I wouldn't say bad but there's particular points where especially something like where she's She's delivering the news to General Ortega in the hospital and stuff like that. Mm. Where, you know, I mean, Hasselhoff acted you off the screen. Like, it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it, it, it seems like a distinct difference between the two of them. Like, I, I look at General Ortega and I'm like, she's, she's given it a really good go there. I didn't quite get the same from, from. No. Sam? No, not at all. Yeah, I, I was quite down on her performance. Mm. Not, not because I. Yeah. She's a bad. I don't know if she's a bad. I haven't seen her in anything else before. No. But I don't think she's a bad actress. No, but, but it's just it she just didn't quite. Moments. Yeah, she just wasn't able to to capture what we were after. Like if you're saying that she's the new Sydney, yeah, yeah. you got some fucking work to do. I will tell you that much. If you're back for the next one. Yeah. Talk to your acting coach. <laughs> okay. Have some discussions with some people. Yeah. Because there's just it just wasn't I think they were going for very much that she was pretty pretty tough. She's a pretty yeah. tough sort of person. But they did that with Sydney, but there was still that that vulnerability is there there as well. Yeah. That that wasn't here. She just kinda of came across as kind of really strident a few times. Yeah, every time she spoke, I was just like, fuck, you know, bring it down a notch. Like, dial it down. Touch. <laughs> Talk to Hasselhoff. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. He'll tell you, this well, is how you, you know, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I picture a similar performance as like, or what I wanted this to be was closer to like a Samara weaving in Ready or Not. Where yes. you have that sort of vulnerability, but she's also able to kick ass. And then closer towards the end of the movie, and I think that's honestly why the performance doesn't necessarily stick well for me, is I think the character expects a lot from her and I just don't know if she's able to really pull it off especially towards the end where yeah you've got to reveal that sort of maybe she does have some dark impulses maybe she yeah. is a serial killer at heart and I just See, don't think she plays fucking, that, that gritty you're spot well. on mate someone like Samara Weaving would have been fucking awesome 
in that. Yeah, role. I think she could have played that's, that that's, off that's a little the bit. Kind of, she's got that kind of look about her of I could be a fucking psychotic. You know, <laughs> yeah, she could kill me. Yeah, but has the kind of you know look at something like the babysitter for instance. Mm. Um, the way she she plays that role. Yeah, initially you're yeah. you're a big fan of her. She's really sweet and nice, and then it changes around. I think that's what they were going for here, but I don't think it it hit at all for me. And I was, as I was saying, I was preferring that you know let's just push General Ortega out to the front, and you can fuck yeah. off back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how they how they go with that. I don't know we'll have a chat about that down the line. But yeah, I, I just thought when the two of them were on screen together, it was pretty clear that General Ortega was was doing the better and also better of the work. She she spent quite a bit of time with Jack Quaid, and he was better, much better too. Mm. So what you got is you got this actress who's who's almost headlining, so to speak. Yeah, but is it just looks out of her depth with younger actors, and she's not really on screen with the real seasoned pros that much. I mean, so I'd be I would have been really interested to see how she came off with them. Look, obvious gag. Did did we miss a did we miss a chance with uh, Jack Quaid when they rock up to the party, heading to the toilet and going shit is full. <laughs> Yeah, I think that would have been. Definitely dislike. Yeah, talking about Easter egg. Yeah, would have been perfect. One of the big things for me, there is a lot of characters. Mm. There's a lot of characters, and although I feel they do a pretty good job of balancing and trying to find stuff for each of them to do. There are just moments where some of the young characters, I didn't fucking know them from a bar of soap. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't tell you the name of, you know, if Luke yeah. hadn't written it down, I don't know that guy's name's Chad. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. when I went back in, when I went back in for the second viewing, I couldn't tell you his name when they first popped up. I had to make a point of, but yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's it's definitely there. It's a It's kind of a result of, trying to make space for the legacy characters and the new characters. Mm. And they balance some of it pretty well, but, yeah, there's a handful. I mean, Chad and Liv, yep. especially, if they ended up being the killers, it was going to be a huge disappointment because they just had so little to do yeah. prior to that. So mm-hmm. you kind of immediately sort of scrub them off the list. And and it's there was a little bit of that for Wes as well. I mean, he gets a little bit of talk during that Dewey scene and then he's gone. I will say this. I feel like it's one of the very rare Scream films, even as good as it is, where you see some fodder. Yeah, and some of it was... A decent amount of fodder. I mean, some of it was intentional, obviously. Obviously, yeah. Gowler. Got cock. (laughs) (laughs) The girlfriend there of of, of the twin. Yeah, yep. His girlfriend is. there, who who really, when you look back at it, I think is honestly the only person other than the killers to die in the finale. Yes, yeah. it's kind of a bloodless. It turns out like like yeah, many of them end up surviving, and yep. that was kind of one of my downs That's is right. that she the body count is <laughs> is pretty low. Yeah, yeah, she gets a headshot. Yeah, and then and it's just, um, is you know obviously yeah. purposeful so they can have those little scenes that they're going for, but. There is there is a touch of that, and yeah. I, like, you know they tried to address some of it with this pattern that's going on. But yeah, but you even then, it, I guess they, the pattern the pattern sort of they start a pattern, and then the pattern just seems to be, well, you know, you are in Scream Four, and then we'll kill your son, 
Like the pattern kind of goes away as well. <laughs> yeah. It's just there yeah. to establish. So like Galna, about who's Galna next. was Stu's, Stu's nephew. Nephew. What? <laughs> 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 His performance is fucking shit. <laughs> he is a shit. He doesn't get much to do. I know, and then he's fucking chewing on a fucking... <laughs> what's yeah. he got? He's got a mullet and he's chewing on a fucking, you know, uh, toothpick or something. Yeah. And he's there going, hey, baby. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, as an actor, I'd have been fucking felt like I got a slap in the face when they gave me that role. Because <laughs> when I saw him, I thought, we all know Kyle Gallner. He'll be in it for a little yeah. bit. Like he'll he'll actually be around because an actor of some note. <laughs> then fucking boom, he's out the door. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, he's, the best part of his performance is fucking urinating <laughs> against the fucking tree. <laughs> what's he say? Isn't he going like fuck this bar? And then he goes fuck it. <laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, it's, like it's just someone told him to fucking his redneck performance is rubbish. It's rubbish. <laughs> Look, I feel for the bloke. He didn't have much to do. <laughs> but, yeah, I can see what you're saying. There was a little bit there to just kind of... There was there was so many characters that there was just only so much that you could give some of them. So Yeah. Luke kind of felt that he, f- he would have liked a little bit more. To be a little bit longer. A bit longer. G- give you a little bit more character stuff. Give you a bit more ghost face. Just kind of, you know, spread it out a little bit longer. I would kind of perhaps... Agree a little bit, yeah. But, but make it, you know, make make um, some more family connections. Oh, yeah, this, this was Roman's second cousin or something <laughs> like, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, Jesus, <laughs> I think a little more time with some of these characters might make me feel a bit better about their future yes. in this series because yeah. it, it this that one of my dislikes here is just it, it just doesn't get me excited for future installments being that it seems like that legacy cast really might not have an interest in returning or there's not a huge need for them to come back. Mm. And so if we're just stuck with who we've set up so far, a little mm. worried mm. Or, I'm, or I'm not very as, as excited as I was for this one. And so that's, I, I think it does work for this movie, them, them setting them up and, you know, from beginning to end, I think it's a solid, solid group of, ca- like, of characters, but I do worry if this is what we're set up with in that next one. Who I'm going to gravitate to, hoping they bring in some new blood or some fresh or some faces from, be, you know, the past films with Matthew Lillard or Joel or this or that. Yeah. Got to spice up something. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think you probably hit the nail on the head there. It, 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 and it sort of sits to greenlighting a sequel now after, yeah, okay, it's done well financially. I get that. But yeah. It, once again, when they do the fucking studios do this kind of shit because they don't actually think about, well, is there a story to tell here? Yeah, I guess something the, for us to tell. I guess the good part of it is, from what I've read, the Radio Silence guys obviously had a good idea for this one, but they've planned... Planned for a couple more. Yeah. Now, well, I did hear that from David Gordon Green and Kenny fucking Powers, but... <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, so yeah, hopefully, 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 yeah. I hear the next yeah, scream has uh, opens with uh, Sydney in a mental institution, and she ends up kissing her brother when he stabs her off the side of the building. I think that's how that next one starts. Yeah, <laughs> no, what though? Um, you fucking cannot cut Kenny Prowse and break, can you? Oh, look, the gay characters just did it for me, mate. Now, yeah. I can't help but think he was responsible for those names. I can't. I just can't bring myself to get past the Big John, Little John. Yeah. I mean, there's been. There's, <laughs> it's it's 
not to go too deep into it, but there's been, I've read a lot of conversations about, you know, oh, we love having gay characters in Halloween. But I was sitting there going, if that's what you want on screen to represent your community, <laughs> but because you're gay, you have to have a little honey dip and a charcuterie board and you kind of dance to Disney tunes and things like that. I don't know if that's the representation you want. Is it? <laughs> the representation you want is like Mindy in this movie. Yes, yes. The, her being gay had very little to do with the character. It was just, here's an awesome character, very important to the movie. Yeah. Oh, look. She happens to be gay. Yeah. Agreed. That's how you she do representation. Get her eyes gouged out. Yeah. You don't go, oh, yeah. How do gay people act? Gay people act yeah. like people. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I mean, you know, when the script writers of Halloween Kills were, were sitting around throwing around ideas, they said, well, we've got some gay characters. How will we write them? And David Gordon Green said, let's talk to Kenny. Daddy, what ideas have you got? Yeah. What drugs? Like, just... just <laughs> hey, uh, Daddy's perfectly, perfectly, the perfect guy for this fucking scene. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I probably am being harsh on the bloke, but... And look, yeah. I'm... I'm not going to say these guys don't have a plan, uh, and and I and I appreciate the fact that some thought might have gone into it from their end. Yeah. But my my worry with all of this shit is it's all money driven. Yeah. And as so soon these as it fucking studios popular, are interested, they'll be going, they'll be fucking riding yeah, bikes yeah. backs and whipping them, going, let's get another one out. Yeah. The same people that were just like, fuck, what do we what do we do with this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And hand it to whoever's got a got an idea. We'll for give us. you twenty five million bucks. Yeah. Fuck off and go and make something. Then comes Holy back. Holy shit, it's good. <laughs> and as soon as it gets, you know, big dollars, everyone's coming in, rubbing their hands, going, right, this is what we need. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, you didn't know what we needed Cult for of the thorn. last ten years. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Cult of Thorn. Or oh. let's reintroduce a fucking long lost sister <laughs> and a um, fucking yeah. Jason worm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, set it in space. Yeah. Well, Jared, yeah, Jared would be okay if we'll see yeah, the rest of us. Well, he's just freaked out. Kill ourselves. <laughs> Go space in space. Mm. I like it. <laughs> Again, I come back to the um, visions of Billy. Mm. V- quite good for the first hour. Yep. The back end is a fucking travesty. <laughs> At one point, he's in the mirror when she's on the ground going, eh, look, yeah. <laughs> there's a fucking knife over there. What? Yeah, I didn't like. I mean, come on! I didn't like this framing of Billy as like a hero in the in the as being piece. helpful. I liked, as Brandon said, yeah. that there was this darker edge. Mm. But I just thought the way that it played out, we got everything bar Billy given the thumbs up yeah. and kind of you know, well, nice one, kid. Or he gives her a like, nod. Yeah, he gives her a nod, but it's just it just feels wrong the way that he kind of is placed in. That finale, that finale to help kind her. of helping her out. I think it might have been better that she just went ape shit and fucking stabbed the guy to death, cut his throat. But maybe if that's where she got the vision, just before she does that, she gets the vision of him, not him there going, "Hey, get over there. There's something to help you out." No, you but know? see, the idea for me would have been because of the way they pitched it earlier on, with him saying, "We need to get in there and start cutting some fucking throats." Mm. She goes to town on Richie. She fucking stabs him like. 50 times and cuts his throat there's blood everywhere and she just looks up into the mirror and he's looking happy yeah, about well, that's what I mean yeah. because if you do that then because that's also, what he wanted he wanted to go fucking burka there's also a little bit of like Halloween 4-ish sort of going into the sequel with oh hang on is she you know yeah. going to go down that path as well but the way it played out no, no. it's kind of like in, in the Halloween series like, he survives yeah. waits a year she's now mute 
Yeah, well, you know, McDreamy can come come back onto the scene and start yelling at people like, hey, "Speak, damn it!" and all this sort of shit. Like, maybe that's the role for him. Yeah, I was getting some in. real Sydney's mom vibes in Scream Three. Those uh, <laughs> those nightmares or whatever those visions yeah. she's having of her. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I I think they really needed to look long and hard about how they handled that because I thought the back end of it was really poor with Billy. Because you're right, yeah. you're just kind of trying to recontextualise him as being not a psychotic. Yeah. It's like, fuck. I'm actually looking... movie is an absolute fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to the, um, to the home release so we can get, a, hopefully, a commentary from those guys to sort of... I wouldn't mind hearing them talk through that particular section just to hear what they're going for with that. Because I think, you know, as, as Brandon mentioned, that... that Obviously, there's that that thing about perhaps she's got this underlying darkness that that she's kind of wrestling with through the movie. But yeah. at that point, it feels like where she's kind of shaken that off, hmm. not not shaken it off, but she's she's come to terms with that. That's that's what's in her past, but that's not who she is. Correct. So to see Billy kind of leading her through that is a little bit weird. Yes, extremely weird. The last one for me, because I didn't have a lot oh, that I didn't like. I've got a few to come, but. The one for me is it's really hard to believe that Amber could take three shots in the fucking chest at point-blank range and then get up. Yeah. <laughs> and then lift Dewey up and yeah, gut them yeah. or whatever she does. I would have, yeah. gone, I would have yeah. accepted it if it was a little bit more if it was Richie. Even though, you know, you've got to swallow yes. something. Yep. Those bulletproof vests, once you've taken one shot, the fucking thing's shit. It's no good to you. So you get shot three times. It's probably going to go through. But... The other thing is, and this was something that I, I read in an article afterwards, was like, you can buy the bulletproof vest part of it, but if that's the case, it seemed like that was that was the place where they had it and elsewhere they didn't. Yeah. So there's these elements of the killers planning these things that are kind of flimsy. <laughs> yes. And so, at, I mean, at the party, prime example, Amber comes out and she clearly doesn't have it on because they whip the ghost face costume off very quickly. You know, there's an explanation to be had there. Yeah, they're bouncing around. They're putting the costume on and off to keep this facade up. But there's there's actually a couple of times through the movie, and Brandon, you mentioned Sheriff Judy. She cops it in broad daylight. I mean, how are they to know some bastard's not walking the dog? Straight past the house when yeah. that's happening. Or, and intervenes. In and the intervenes, fucking- exactly. Or, you know, the same neighbour that's like, you know, that, that came across Billy or Stu <laughs> 20 years earlier <laughs> while he was fucking hedging his thing. Yeah. It wasn't also out at that particular time saying, this prick again, like, uh, um, <laughs> well, fuck, he's actually killing someone. Yeah. Oh, the other one that gets me is the hospital. Oh, it's empty. It's fucking. I've never seen a hospital <laughs> yeah. like that ever. I've been to lights hospitals. are off and it's empty. Yeah, yeah, I've been to hospitals at two o'clock in the morning. It's a hive of activity. <laughs> shit going on everywhere. Yeah. People are dying. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors are fucking working <laughs> overtime. Yeah, yep. So that that also played into what we were talking about. How Dewey's death, although from the emotional standpoints, really yeah, nailed it. it. The logic of it was just shoddy. 
Oh, all over I mean, the yeah, because if he doesn't even get that call, if he doesn't get that call from Gale or whatever, he's yep. probably putting a fucking bullet right in that head. That's I'd right. imagine. If yeah, from, yeah. You know. um, and he doesn't doesn't have to walk up that close. I mean, he could still be six feet away. His phone goes, Ghostface jumps up. Oh, shit, I've still got a chance to put the <laughs> <laughs> trigger. Oh, and also, I mean, again, you could have streamlined it. I mean, you can't get around the, ho- the hospital. I mean, fuck. Mm. There's no way that place has got no one else in it. Yeah, ever. That's right. That's right. right so you, that, that's extremely hard to swallow. Admittedly, admittedly it looked great. It did. Like, it looked it fantastic. Looked, the low-lit yes. hospital, the hallway, the way they shot it, it looked fantastic. But, yeah, it's a and real And I understand why movie. they did it. It's, yeah. it, it has yep. that look, that, and it kind of harks back to something like Halloween 2. Yes. You know, it has all these little connections, and I love that idea. But it's ridiculous. And if you're going to have to swallow some shit, I'll swallow that. But then yeah. I won't swallow the fact that you've just taken three bullets in the chest. Yeah. One, yeah. if he shot her once, I would have accepted it. Mm. Right? He shoots her once. Yeah. But they don't. He shoots her three times. Mm. He's only this far away from her. Yeah. I mean, they're fucking... And on a rewatch, I did like how they shot a lot of Ghostface in that scene, knowing who was under there. You know, it's a it's Jen Ortega in a wheelchair. It's her on the ground, so you can maybe buy maybe this is Amber or whatever under there. Yes, we get that shot later on of her in her fucking six inch combat boots or whatever. <laughs> maybe make it play like okay, maybe that's her. Yeah, was- um, but again, similar to problems with I had with Scream Four, where I, I'm you know Emma Roberts reveal when it's just like I don't know if I can buy it. Yeah. I just don't know if I can. But again, it's kind of par for the course. For, yeah. I, I'm willing to accept it, but, but- it is. Picked, yeah. I actually thought the same thing. They picked because you know it's her during that scene, yeah. and there was one other scene outside with Chad when he tackles her. Yes, I'm like, yeah. If he gets a hold of her, he he's, he's not a small dude. He looked like a pretty <laughs> solidly built dude. She was pretty small, and there was, like you said, I noticed that too. That they shot around it really well. That they didn't purposely. Yeah. yeah. Even when Amber was on the screen with other people, just like the scene where they're sitting around at the school. They tried to keep it pretty well hidden that she pretty clearly is a lot smaller than. But the but but then also the problem the other problem you've got is uh, Richie. Yeah, is Randy Quaid's six like five. six two. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that was there was one or two there was one or two shots in the Dewey thing where you see Ghostface is the same size as Dewey. Yeah, and it's yeah, only exactly. it's only yeah. one or two moments. It's, I think it's when they're standing up with the knives yeah. you get a sense of. They're fucking eye to eye, yeah. And they then they're, they're not gonna be like, so yeah. She's got the stilts on or something. But <laughs> yeah. Dumb. So there's, I mean, and coming back to Chad too, he does state that he he's gonna show Kyle Gallagher Gal- the Hobbs the shore. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was pretty goofy. Um, so he's a pretty big unit. Yeah. 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 And he actually like he he gets the tackle as as the scene. He he kind of gets. He gets the, it's it's textbook, mate. He lowers the head, kind yeah. of drives the shoulder. Yeah. So yeah, I thought there was going to be a sequence there where perhaps you know he just fucking tackled her and got got away. But yeah, I think coming back to Dewey, the other thing about it that I didn't didn't like was it was pretty. It felt predictable. Like prior to the movie, I was looking at the three legacy characters, and I was thinking to myself, it's not going to be Sydney, so it's got to be Gale or Dewey. And the, the way that Dewey's been treated throughout the film, I wouldn't be surprised if they go, Dewey, it happens again, but this time he doesn't survive. But the moment where I, where I sort of settled on Dewey was actually the text and the phone calls. 
Mm. I was like, okay, I think it's. I think he's going to go. If we're going to lose one, I think he's going to go. Yeah. Even then, they kind of flipped it on me at the hospital where he goes, not today, yeah. and gets and fights back. But then the second he goes, you got to shoot him in the head. I was like, fuck. Yeah, he's gone. He's back. gone. He's gone. So, yeah, there was a little bit about that logically that just, just kind of, it was a little bit, uh, little bit off. Yeah. So what else do you guys got? Uh, just like what? The de-aging of Billy. Oh. To use, to <laughs> use one of your terms. Ropey at times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very. It's a little bit very ropey. A little bit dodgy from time to time. I didn't think it looked as bad. The second time I watched it, there was a couple of points where it looked looked pretty solid. But I remember the first time, I was looking at it going, is that Skeet Ulrich or is that, have they got another actor that looks a bit like him? I, I couldn't tell. And then eventually, you know, pretty quickly I was like, no, that's fucking, that's de-aging. That's, that looks... Pretty average. Yeah. Really, they didn't have the, the luxury of pulling a, a Halloween kills by pulling a gaffer and making no, it look like Donald yeah. Pleasant. <laughs> Shit, that, that looked pretty solid. I gotta be honest. Yeah. Except for when he talks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did Michael kill a game? <laughs> yeah, he's fucking rambling like an asshole, and it doesn't it doesn't cut the mustard at all. That bit when he oh, talks. Man. When he talks, if you just let him stand there as Doctor Loomis, yeah. I'll take it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, wasn't one of my favourite things about it. <laughs> so the house, going back to Stu's house, mm. absolutely loved it. It was the only thing they gave me in the trailer that yeah. I probably wish they didn't. Yes. Because they had that shot in one of the trailers of yeah, the it, door and yeah. the kind of twisting, you know. like Yeah. So we knew we were going to go back there. And the second that Mindy's on the couch, I was like, we're in the house. Mm. There was a couple of shots where I was like, we're in the house. like." So I kind of wish they had held that back because I think if I hadn't have known that, I think that would have played beautifully. Really well, yeah. So that was a little bit, little, slightly disappointing. It also looked very much like a like a set. <laughs> like you could tell that was a back, like that it, the house itself, some of the exteriors and stuff did take me up just for a second where it's like, yeah. it doesn't quite look like. Like, they did a perfect recreation, and honestly, a lot of the rooms, everything looks the same. Yes. But I, for a lot of those shots, exteriors, I just kept thinking, like, that's that's definitely a Yeah, <laughs> especially a outside, yeah. because there was a lot of tight, whereas in the original, we got yeah. shots just out of seeing the whole fucking house. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a lot of tight shit. And I noticed that in the stuff they were shooting around the stairwell yeah. as well, was very different to yep. the original. Like, they were very much tight on the stairs and stuff. So, yeah, you, you're spot on with that. Adam, I know you. You know you mentioned this as well, and we did. We, we did mention it, but tore it up, didn't we? The the scent, the, the fucking Randy Memorial oh, was just weird, wasn't it? Fuck! <laughs> it's the one Easter egg that doesn't. It's just ham fisted. Yeah, I get. Yeah, you, I get that you love the bloke, but pick a pick a nicer picture or something. I don't know. Just do don't something. even have it, like, because you've got the connection with Mindy. Yeah. Mindy is your connection, and all yeah. she she does is say something about Randy. Or just a low key fucking small picture on the on the movie shelf because that's that's I mean that that's seemed to be what it was that yeah this is where Randy would fucking park his ass on the couch and watch movies all the time so this is where the memorial is. Yeah, I understand. Just a little, yeah. just a little bit low. The fuck, low mate! Key. I don't need a shrine for the guy. <laughs> Maybe not. No, I don't think I don't think uh, we needed the shrine. The killing of the sheriff. Could we get a sheet and cover her up? <laughs> <laughs> the whole fucking neighbourhood's watching. Yeah. 
Everyone's not a barricade or anything. <laughs> Bright daylight. By the time they get there, they've put up the police tape and everything, but the sheriff's still fucking stiff on the ground <laughs> right over there in broad daylight. Like, yeah, I just, I, I mean, mean, I laughed at What happens if you're a husband and you come back from getting bread and milk? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> just people scratching on notepads and all this. Not one of you blokes can bring a fucking sheet. <laughs> Oh man! Just oh, a police department. Oh, Lift your fucking ever since game. fucking Dewey was canned, the <laughs> <laughs> standards have gone to shit. Yeah. What else did I have? I actually had a couple, and look, I've got a lot, but they're all pretty minor. They didn't, they yeah. didn't really spoil anything for me. But a lot of them were logic things. A lot of them were just little sort of funny things that that we noticed. One of them was Richie as the killer. I felt like they played that hand a little bit too clearly. The way that he reacted, you know, he t- he says, oh, I've never seen the Stab movies, but then he's fucking listing off, oh, Gone with the Wind, talking about Halloween, talking about Friday the 13th. The way that he gets onto Netflix and then starts fucking ripping through the Scream series, and uh, the Stab series, sorry. And it felt a little bit too obvious that he was a super fan. Mm. It was only a couple of moments through the movie, but I, I have seen online other people were on Amber from the get-go because of the, the um, yeah Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing, I didn't even pick up on it because I'd kind of left that, you know, as I said, I, I didn't read too much beforehand. I, I, I stuck with the trailers, which didn't give me much. Everyone else was onto that, and I was just like, I had no idea. I didn't even put it together. That was the same person. So I wasn't onto Amber, but I was onto Richie. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just... Looking back on it, it kind of seems like there wasn't too many other options. Yeah, it was a little bit... Kyle Gallner obviously fucking piqued my interest <laughs> when yeah. I saw him. And then two minutes later, he was dead. I thought, oh, right, okay. <laughs> it's not him. Yeah. But you know what I mean? There's not a lot of other options. Correct. Yeah. Especially when the poster, which I loved, by the way, had the whole killer is on this poster tagline or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and so I kept running like... through like, I got it. And that's that's honestly the huge benefit of the screen movies is that it could be two. It's most likely going to be two. So even if you nail one, you know, you're still kind of wondering like how who else is helping them? Why? Yeah. And yeah, I was one of those that did like just from the get go. She Amber just seemed so shifty. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't understand why she it almost played it too obvious where it was like, well, clearly she's like acting like she's a suspect. Yeah, well, I actually, and so I thought that was meant to throw you off. Yeah, I thought that was because the opening sequence where they all make a fucking point about how she's basically trying to push everyone out of the room yes. and shit. And so I thought she was red herring. I thought they're making her really obvious. Yeah. So I thought she was red herring material, obviously going in like a fucking dunce, not realising that was the actor and that, you know, the, the filmmakers were playing with that the whole time that you think she is so obvious because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that it's not going to be her. But, yeah, I was kind of thinking that anyway. I was kind of thinking the way that she was acting early and trying to push the sister away. And, really, there was a bit of ham there, a little bit of ham in the performance. I oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. I, I, didn't, I just didn't think she was going to be involved. But, yeah, Richie, I just felt there was a couple of moments. Again, had it pointed out to me before the second viewing, the part where he's like, oh, my God, it's Ghostface. It's like he gets excited. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I feel like, yeah, I, yeah. I felt like the way that he was talking about movies, everything except the Stab series, every other mention he made of movies or any interaction, like then watching the Netflix and watching the Dead Meat YouTube channel and stuff, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, I don't buy it. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was, again, a minor one. 
didn't really sort of ruin anything for me. It's all part of the fun, trying to trying to keep on top of who it is going to be. Yeah. I haven't looked at the age difference between the actors, but when they say, oh, she used to babysit us all, and me and you were sitting there going, they all look the same age. <laughs> like, who babysat yeah. who? <laughs> like, you just mean you had a sleepover together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody was babysitting anyone. It was just you were uh, fucking together in the house when you were... Like, I didn't buy that at all. Like, yeah. She's supposed to be 24 or 25. I think going by... Yeah. Yeah. So I think... Now, I could be wrong, but from memory, I think they mentioned in the film she was 13 when she found out. Yeah. And I think she mentioned something about the sister being eight, but I couldn't put whether that was at the same time or whether she was eight when she left. But either way... She's only been gone five years. Yeah, yeah. Either way... I'm, so that would mean General Ortega's meant to be 13. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no. So obviously, yeah. So maybe it was eight when she found out. Yeah. But I just didn't buy the age difference. Especially, no. you know, when they get them all together, they just look like the high school crew. Yeah. Except for um, Wes... That fucking hairdo is like nineties. <laughs> was that I mean, a oh, that's, <laughs> was that a Matthew Lillard Easter egg? Maybe it's the kind of Could shit be. I pulled yeah. in the nineties. Because yeah. Lillard had, told you about my <laughs> hairdo incidents. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, I'm, fuck, that's kind of what it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. But Lillard had that haircut. I think it was after the first scream. Pretty sure when you see him in Scream Two, he's got that haircut. And I can't remember what other movie it was that I saw him, but I'm pretty sure he's got the frosted tips in one of those. So I thought that was another Easter egg. Maybe. Because you're not doing that on purpose now, are you? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> no, no, Jared, you're not. Uh, um, shit. Speaking of other things I didn't quite buy was, um, what is it, Richie's sort of explanation first. So he, he found Sam and then, because he's such a, a hunk, he just sort of, uh, you know, well, he is the byproduct of Randy Quaid, so maybe that's what led him to seduce her and then, you know, know just got a, a, a little far-fetched the in that these two Dennis people Quaid? met on, what, Reddit? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Quaid was getting plenty that's of Dennis ass, Quaid right? and Meg Ryan's son. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So. Well, of course. Of course. It makes sense. Now it makes sense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I reckon he's, he's turned up and he said, look, check out my uncle's sex tape if you want a bit of that. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want it. Like. Yeah, so so sorry, he ingratiated himself with Sam. Yes. And became yeah, her boyfriend. Again, just feels like a long long game. What happens yeah, if she's again, a like bitch? some of these things just seem like real long <laughs> he shots. Doesn't yeah. like her. You know what I mean? Or what happens if she's perfectly nice but she thinks you're a prick? Exactly. <laughs> she says, get the fuck out yeah. of my face, I don't want to see you again. Yeah, come on. You're coming on a bit strong here, mate. <laughs> Hang on, though. There's a plan. Yeah, I think he, he makes that comment about, oh, yeah, your issues me- meant you were sexually available and all this sort of shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems exactly. pretty easy. Yeah. yeah, so on that same note, Brandon, that's probably my biggest downer is that although I was more than satisfied with the motive of the killers and really in the, in the, in the scheme of things, I'm super happy with how it all played out. From a story perspective, the characters were the two that least kind of excited me out of almost all of the reveals in the series. Like, when they when they brought out what was going on, it just felt like the threads to get us there were just really loose. And especially, as you said, you know, they, they talk about how Amber's parents moved into the house and she's like, oh, I've been obsessed ever since and then I found Richie on Reddit. And I was just like, okay. 
Well, this one's, you know. Yeah, de- definitely out of the villains, the ones that seem the most detached from the actual storyline, yeah. or at least the characters, those legacy characters. There's no one related. There's no one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It seems just, you know, fans of the series, which again, I, I do really like as a motive. Yes. But I will agree. It kind of, it kind of lessens their impact as as villains yeah and i think it's again going back over the rules they're talking about everyone everything's connected someone's connected and they set it up that these people that were getting killed were connected to the previous movies these guys aren't so i i sort of you know i I feel like yeah it's all intentional that that that's how it played out but it just when when the characters revealed themselves and who they were, it was just like uh, it lacked a bit of sizzle. So the motivation for it sort of made up for it. But in terms of you know, it's simultaneously one of my favourite endings of the series, whilst also being disappointing, a bit lacking from the from the story point of view. Fair enough. Um, whilst I yep. understand exactly why they did it, because they you know they're flipping that everything's connected. Well, no, it's not. Like yeah, our connection is to the movies, not not the characters. So. I get that, but uh, yeah, just it didn't it didn't really have that that um, buzz for me when when they revealed themselves. Yeah, I'd be I I would agree with that. Any other dislikes, people? No, that's pretty much. No, it I'd say I was I was slightly disappointed with Gail's return. She just seemed like the character out of those legacy characters. That I guess that got the short you know short end of the stick. I do like, though, how this is, I think, the first film out of the entire series where she's actually present for the finale. I guess if you count the second finale in Scream 4 where they do the hospital thing, but, it, mm. you know, she's knocked out in the first one and comes in at the very end. And the second one, she's like thrown in the bottom of that fucking like stadium or stage. Yeah. Yeah. Third one, she's out there with Dewey. And then, uh, yeah, it just seems like this is nice where she actually got a, a role to, to take part yeah. in at the end. But it did seem like out of all the characters, she she just seemed, I guess, maybe the least organic to the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, kind of a minor nitpick, but I would have liked to have seen her, her character mean a bit more, I guess, in, in the end. Uh, as you said, Adam, it was good to see her sort of finally get to lay a, you know, lay a knuckle sandwich oh, on fuck. one of the killers. She la- laid exactly, the whole fucking, yeah. it was the whole large combo. She really fucking oh, <laughs> laid her in. Fucking <laughs> smacked that girl hard. Like, they really, they, that's the thing. You'd think that Amber wouldn't have been able to handle those two. Mm. At all. Yeah. Like, yeah. as soon as they got the upper hand, they would have just beat the shit out of them, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you take a little bit of that. Again, the grain of salt, she gets back, she she takes back the upper hand, I think, briefly, and then they get the gun and shoot her and she catches fire. But, yeah, you're yeah. right about Gail. She just kind of felt a little bit superfluous to the proceedings. Exactly. Um, I almost wonder if maybe it, it would have been better to keep, to hold her off until a sixth installment. Like, if you've got, ne- like, Sydney and Dewey coming back for this one to just kind of keep us anticipating maybe the return of Gail because she really, other than the end there, doesn't doesn't do a whole lot, mm. I guess. Yeah. But, again, minor minor nitpick because, yeah. yeah, I don't have a whole lot of negatives for it, to be honest. No, definitely not. Is that everything? Yep. That is Scream from 2022. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Podomatic. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia and at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Huge thanks to you, Brandon, for joining us for this particular episode. And I know you'll be back for another one with regards to how this, the series is ranked. Big shout out to Luke as well for providing 
my notes <laughs> <laughs> for today's film. Um, really appreciate it, Luke, and thank you um, for for um, getting in touch with us and, and allowing us to to uh, give your thoughts with regards to the film. Keep an eye on our Facebook page with regards to details of what we do next. But until then, take it easy, everyone, and we'll catch up with you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.